All right, all right. We are back again for another episode of the Southern Arrow Podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, got a few of us here. Um, got a, Let's see who we got here. I got me, Cliff, uh, your host. I'm always here. Um, Jamie. Jamie's here. Um, Seth. I'm here, brother. Seth Live is here. Texas. Live from Texas. Live from Texas. On a day off, man. Got to <laughs> love that shift work because you got a day, day off. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Um, Bradley. <laughs> That's right. Yes, sir. Can y'all hear me? What's up? Yeah, man. I can hear you just fine. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm all right. You doing all right? Work. How yeah. are things? Uh, right now, it's uh, – I don't want to say the keyword because that will upset everybody. But, there you uh, go. Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty day. We'll just leave it at that, right? It's not here. It's terrible. This big old storm still come through. I don't know if y'all are getting it. But. Yeah, well, we're still getting it. Um, so it's been it's been sort of pushing through. Um, we're not getting the the snow and ice and stuff. Are y'all getting that? No, it's just rain, rain, just rain. rain, rain all day. Yeah. So um, I would uh, I know that you know uh, probably around where Mike lives at they're getting some. Um, I would think that uh, there's a few others uh, who are probably getting some of that um, ice and stuff. This, this bad weather, we're just getting a lot of rain. It's uh, it's humid as hell. It's February. It's 75 degrees, 85, 90 percent humidity. It's it's oh hell, it might. If it was 90 degrees, it'd be June. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only difference is, is this is uh, it's it's winter, and it's 70 degrees and humid. Uh, mm-hmm. Our summers are 90 degrees and humid, and our winters yeah. are 70 degrees and humid. That's just what it is. Um, got uh, a new Carlin. It just rolled. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh. I, I was going to say, um, Seth, I cut you off, but I'll let you come back to that. But Carlin, you're new. You haven't been on before, have you? I am. I have not been on. All right. So tell everybody who you are, where you live, and what you do. Sure. So uh, Carlin Perez. I'm Carlin's. Uh, I currently live in Nashville. Um, that's where I do a lot of my a lot of my hunting now. Um, I started a seafood company up here. Uh, my family owns crawfish ponds down in Braithwaite. And so I, I basically, during crawfish season, we're, uh, we're running full speed, bringing crawfish up to Nashville, um, you know, seven days a week. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we do. And I'm, I'm super fortunate. I get a lot of time off. Dude, during that the is a season. long ways. It is. It is. It's a 16 hour drive both ways, or excuse me, 16 hour drive, full, full trip. So, we make it uh, two days a week, and uh, and it's it's tough, but it's worth it, you know. Yeah, we get to uh, we get to grind out pretty hard during the season, and then rest in the off season, and, and it's you know it works great for me because I get to I get to do a lot of hunting in the uh, in off season. Yeah, so I know that um, you were telling us where you were. I know you're from originally from Louisiana, but you sort of you sort of skipped out during that part, and that's all the the lag with um, Zoom meetings mm-hmm. and things like that. Where tell them again where you were from originally. Uh, Braithwaite, Louisiana, which is about an hour south of New Orleans. Okay, so you from down there, huh? Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So you know my, you got to uh, go right by my house. That you you go right by my place every time you go down there. Mm-hmm. I sure do. You yeah. Do. So, yeah. So my my home parish has more water than it does land. That's right. Uh, it's known. It's it's known as the sportsman's capital of the world. It's got right. obviously great great offshore fishing, inshore fishing. Uh, used to have good duck hunting. It's not so much anymore. And then obviously the the deer hunting as well is is very good. We just don't have very big bucks down there, but plenty, plenty deer. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bradley, um, you and Carlin probably don't live that far away from each other, do you? No, that's uh, that's what I was just. He said Nashville. I think we and him need to link up this summer. Absolutely, absolutely. 
So yeah, y'all are y'all are my y'all are going to be my Tennessee, you know, Kentucky area connection because really for me, like when I think about like the regions, like, so whitetail deer are whitetail deer, but the regions are so different. The way you hunt deer is so different. The the way you hunt deer in the Midwest versus the way you hunt deer in the mountains versus the way you hunt deer um, down here in the piney woods versus the way you hunt deer down in the swamps. It's just different everywhere you go, right? Um, Absolutely. And I got somebody else who's just who's just joining in. I'm gonna let him connect. Um, got a Missouri connection coming on. Um, as soon as I get him on here, I'm gonna I'm gonna let him because he, uh, you know, again that's that Midwest honey. So you know, mm-hmm. Illinois, Iowa, Missouri, um, Indiana. Those those are different kinds of hunting compared to the way we hunt down here. Um, her man, what's on you on? Can you hear me, Herb? You got it on mute. I think he was the one that was saying a minute ago he was having uh, Yeah, well, no, Carlin was having some connection issues, but Herb is on. He's got his phone on mute. So he he jawing away. Nobody can hear. Well, look, he won't be the the first person that's done it, I can assure you, and we've all done that. Um, Herb, you got it on mute. Hopefully he'll figure it out in a second. I don't know. Maybe he stepped away for a second, but it's it's all good. Um. Anyway, so Carlin and Bradley, y'all are y'all are pretty close, man. Y'all got to be close to each other. You you really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Bradley was in Nashville this weekend, weren't you, for the uh, I NWTF? Was, yeah. Sure was. Yeah, so that's awesome, dude. I mean, look, look, this podcast is bringing two guys together. Y'all might, yep. you never know, you know, the connection that you might create just by sitting here talking about something that we all love anyway. You know, so right. you, you never Absolutely. know. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like most of the guys uh, I hunt with now up in Tennessee, I, I met through either social media. Like, if none of them were, you know, friends, most of my friends really don't take to hunting as as strongly as I do. And uh, yeah, most most of the guys that I hunted with this year were guys that I met through Tennessee bow hunter groups. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, just just became friends. We talk about stuff, you know, on on the group page and then ended up going on together. That's awesome, dude. Um, Herb, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. There you are. So we, we were thinking that the whole time, I don't know if you, we were saying he, he is probably, he's probably just jawing away about himself, you know, and nobody can hear a thing he's saying. <laughs> but, um, Herb, you're from, you're from Missouri. So tell the, you're your first time on. So tell the, tell the world uh, who you are, what you do and where you live. Um, Herb Long, I live in central Missouri. Uh, uh don't know i <laughs> at uh, first i'm doing this guys it's okay don't worry about it man dude we're just having a conversation man it's just a conversation it, it, you don't have to say right. anything you ain't gonna be perfect in your speech or nothing dude i don't just just have a conversation if i say herb what do you do for a living man oh i drive a truck you drive a truck um otr yeah. drive a truck or a local route local guy do i do that do some other stuff I kind of bounce around and send the company. Okay. Just wherever they need you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so you, you live in Missouri. You drive a truck for a living. Um, I saw that you, uh, I saw like on your, cause I mean, before I let you on, I'm going to stalk your pages. I'm all, I stalk everybody's page. You, uh, except Jamie's because I know Jamie. I know Jamie. He don't, he don't do shit anyway. So I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. him. Um, but you got a big into coon dogs. Oh yeah. I got, I run dogs and everything. Um, got into it really bad there for a long time um then my dad passed away so uh kind of put it on hiatus for a little bit but we're getting married i'm getting ready to get back into it yeah. again yeah it's just uh, i've never really been a i mean i've been coon hunting plenty i'm not a not a big coon hunter um but if you want to come to mississippi and and, and kill coons 
just let me know. I, I, I mean, I got plenty of corn-fed coons. I can just put it to you like that. Plenty of corn-fed coons. Um, we got a, we got a bunch of them. I know that everybody down here has got a bunch of corn-fed coons. And my boy finally made it, Hunter Hearst. What's up, dude? Oh, not a whole lot, man. Just just getting in, caught the train. Uh, I don't know how y'all guys are, but you know, when I catch something, uh, you know, comes to a stop. Uh, I will drive 15 freaking miles out of my way just so I ain't got to sit there and wait on something. <laughs> you know, I I cannot tell you the times that I have done that. I, I don't know what it is about me, but I can, I, I've done the exact same thing too many times. Um, but anyway, um, so you were, you got in here a little bit late. Um, Carlin uh, Perez is from, uh, he is from deep South Louisiana, now living up around the Nashville area. And then Herb is from, um, uh, centralish part of uh, of Missouri, so we've got we got a bunch of guys here. Um, and as usual, you know, we're just here. I mean, like I said, you know, the, the format all is all simple. Carlin and Herbie, y'all have never uh, been on here. I hope y'all had a chance to listen to a few of our podcasts. Really, we just like to, we just like to shoot the shit, dude. I mean, that's all we're here for. We just talk about the things we love, talk about deer hunting in general, um, talk about archery. You know, I mean, it's, we're archers. We're, we're going to talk about bow hunting. We're going to talk about, you know, everything that makes us a good bow hunter, everything that makes us a bad bow hunter, you know, just whatever. Um, you know, I'm real big on going to other places. Um, now that my kids are grown and everything, I'm sort of like really wanting to really stretch out there and start reaching out and going back and – um, getting out of Franklin County, Mississippi, and start going um, to other places and hunting. So, you know, anyway, that's sort of what it is. But, you know, dude, don't feel like you have to be perfect or anything, either one of y'all. Look, I mess it up all the time. Um, you know, we got we have issues that range from bad Wi-Fi signals to, uh, to, to too many F-bombs. So don't let any of this stuff mm-hmm. worry you, you know. just Yeah, I was listening to the last podcast on the way over here, and uh, I'd like to count how many times I said, uh, like what are you fucking retarded <laughs> yeah i ain't gonna lie to you man i i sort of mentally count those things too or yeah um or uh or you know or you know i do the same thing you know i, I stick that in there way too many times it's just how i, I tie sentences together yeah i stutter we all do i mean we all i, I, I listen back to my I, I go, yeah i've done that before you go talk you listen to yourself doing other thing i'm like man how how many times does it take me to start a sentence <laughs> yeah i mean yeah exactly or it's funny because I, I already it sounds brilliant in my head but it comes out like uh, who the, what the hell <laughs> did he uh, did i even make a coherent sentence you know yeah my mouth can't keep up with my brain sometimes or yeah. vice versa absolutely i have the same problems man i have the same problems but uh so um i was looking uh a buddy of mine posted something the other day and we'll stick this out there for all of you uh who who listened to our pa- our post a couple or our podcast a couple weeks ago we're talking about like plans for next year you know um uh i didn't look them all up but i know that uh one of the ones one of the earlier ones is uh colorado um i want to say it's sometime in april I think it's around this time of the month, but I can't be 100% sure off the top of my head. But uh, all applications for mule deer or whatever have to be entered by April. So while you're turkey hunting, remember that you, if, you're, if you're thinking, hey, man, I want to go do a mule deer hunt in a couple of years, you need to start getting those applications in um, now so you can start getting those preference points because you cannot go the same year that you apply in, in most cases. Um, so if you haven't done that, Chris, what's up, Chris? What's going on, fellas? Man, I was wondering if you was going to make it, dude. I, I ain't going to say nothing, but I was starting to wonder a little bit. <laughs> no, 
No, uh, uh, we had to work a little late today. Mm. Everything all right? Oh, yeah. You know, somebody just don't know how to fit a pipe. Oh, my God. <laughs> you would not tell me that a pipe fitter don't know how to fit a pipe. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like saying I a welder that. don't know how to weld it. Come on. <laughs> I had the uh, crane hooked up to it at lunchtime. I was sitting with the pipe in the air from lunchtime till about 4 o'clock when they finally wanted to fly it in. <laughs> You're like, you got to be kidding me, right? I, I, I got somewhere to be at six o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, babe. Who's yeah. all on tonight? Uh, let's see. Um, Bradley Collins is up here. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can see it. You're on your phone, aren't you? So, uh, yeah. Bradley's here from Tennessee. Um, Hunter's here, of course. Seth is here. Um, and then we got two new guys um, who joined us for the first time. Carlin, who's up around the uh, Nashville area, but is from South Louisiana. And then Herb, who is from Central Missouri. Um, he's on with us today. So we got we got a, we got to spread them out. We got them spread out a little bit. We got a little country spread. Um, so you know, we had a big thing on our group chat uh, about shed hunting. Um, I'm going. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I am making a. I'm making a shed hunting trip. I'm not. I mean, me and I. I you know, get the wife out anyway. You know, go have a little fun. Um, who's breathing heavy? <laughs> I don't know Somebody who it is, is, but somebody's like. <sighs> I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm being stalked. Yeah. Yeah, better. It might. It might be because I'm on a headset. It, it might be. It, it might be. You may have to just adjust that a little bit. But anyway, yeah, I'm, is that better? Well, I don't hear it now. I'm not saying it was. Yeah, I just. I don't know who it was because it wasn't coming across as who it was. But it was just. You know, Sound like Jason was coming through. The woods I'm just after telling us. you, man. I was. I was feeling. I was feeling stalked. I was triggered. Ain't that the word now? You're triggered. Is that is that the new mm-hmm. word? I was. I was feeling a little triggered. Anyway, um, long story. So, um, me and the wife were talking the other day about just getting out and and going and and doing. Um, and and I said, you know, um, I really want to go shed hunting, but really, as much as anything, I want to go shed hunting, but I want to scout because. If anybody goes back and listens back, you know, I missed this big deer. Um, I want to go and try to find out a little bit more about that deer. That was the biggest deer in my life I've ever seen, probably, and absolutely the biggest deer I've ever missed. I want to go try to see what I can see, you know, if I can find his sheds or whatever. So me and the wife have decided that I'm going to make, she's going to ride with me. She's going to vegetate in the hotel room. I went and got a really nice hotel room, not the kind of crap that I would sleep in. I got her a nice king suite with jacuzzi tub. You ain't doing the $100 hotel room? Yeah, we're not doing the 100 I mean, (laughs) she'll go do the $100 hotel room with me, but nah, I went and got her a nice hotel room and everything, you know, and... You know, we just went from there. That way we can, you know, we can. I might worry about if they got an indoor pool or not. Yeah, well, I mean, she don't care about the pool. She's going to vegetate. She got a jacuzzi tub, so she, that's as indoor pool as she's going to get. But I'm going to bring my, I'm going to bring my bike, man, and I'm going to, I'm going to go out to the, to this place that we got, and I'm going to go look around. And you know, when you're hunting, you don't really scout a lot. You know, I mean, like I scouted till I found sign that I wanted to hunt, and then I got in a freaking tree. I didn't just go traipsing off through the woods looking around. You know. Yep. Um, so we're going, um, into, we're going to go the fourth of the, the weekend of the 4th of March. I'm going to go to Illinois. We got a hotel room booked and, and I'm going to go, uh, scout around and do that. in just in preparation, maybe I can find a few things that, you know, um, hopefully as long as it's not an ice storm. I mean, the only, the only thing that would stop us from going is if the weather was really bad. Um, 
All right, before we go on, so somebody logged in. I don't have a name. They're on an iPhone. All I see is iPhone, and they're they're logged in. Who is this? Whoever you are, you're on mute. Still don't know who it is. All right, who 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 am I looking at right here? Uh, you're on mute, and I'm looking at you. I'm looking right at you, but I don't know who you are. There, that's who, not me. That's, that's not me, is it? Yeah, it is you. Who is Seth? it? Seth? Is it Seth? <laughs> so we don't yeah. have your name on there anymore. I well, I, I switched the video on so you can see my pretty face, and I guess turn the video back head. off, dude. Turn it back oh, off. Yeah, my well, God, you know, <laughs> what the crap! I didn't want to ruin everything. I was the only one in with video. I, I, no, yeah, because it you know it, it had Seth on it, and then all of a sudden it just went iPhone, and it's just somebody. I can just see somebody. Um, anyway, well, all right. I was. I was going to go ahead and take my shirt off here in a minute. Oh, shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> I ain't had that much. I, I ain't drank that many beers tonight. You have to let me what get about What podcast is this? Yeah. What the <laughs> hell, dude? <I> don't know. <laughs> uh, you should probably wait till we're all together drinking beer at a hog hunt before you do that, you know? Uh, you'll get a much better response from a bunch of drunk guys. We'll all, we'll all have a good time <laughs> laughing at you. That'll be fun. Anyway, um, oh, speaking of that, dude, when we come, when we going hog hunting? Oh, now you muted yourself again. Yeah, he done muted himself again. He you know, he didn't want to answer to that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I was fix I was fixing the name. I think I put it in there twice. So yeah, it's all good. When when we going hog hunting, dude? Man, I was I'm actually looking around. Uh, so I I was gonna send y'all a message. Really, you know, I can accommodate about probably four people to camp. Ain't no sense in staying. Nobody's I don't. And nobody needs to stay in a hotel or nothing. No, we can get an Airbnb if we need to. Man, you where well, I don't know where you're gonna find one at, brother, because there ain't one nearby. Just let me tell you I that. I sleep in a car. I don't know about the rest of you. Uh, tent camp, <laughs> yeah. dude. We can tent camp. It's not big. It's all I good. Got, I got an extra camper. I got another little camp house. Like I said, I can put about four people, including myself, so five total. And I, that's that's about I can accommodate into camp. To me, that would be kind of the best the best case scenario that way. Not all that running around and stuff. But I'm trying. I'm. I'd like to go before it gets too hot. Absolutely. So I'm thinking, you know, uh, I, it's, man, it's going to come up fast though. So I'm looking at my work schedule. End of end of April, maybe mid May. Absolutely, find man. A cool, cool weekend in there somewhere. I can toss out a date. If anybody can try to, shit, you know, yeah, dude. Hey, look, you know, you don't have to worry about us sleeping somewhere because we're all going to pass out around the fire in our in our easy chairs every night and just sleep until dawn. So. <clears throat> well, you know, you you handle yourself accordingly, but you know, I, I make sure you're you're uh, accommodated for, and we can yeah. we can get that squared away. But ain't no sense, and you're going to drive probably 15 miles to go stay somewhere, and that's going to suck. So yeah, I got you. Yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. Look, I'm, I'm driven I'm, further the, the deer hunt, so it's not. You know, when I was deer hunting in Illinois, I, I literally was about 35 minutes from where I was hunting at. So it is what it is. Shit, I'm driving hour every day <laughs> yeah i mean a lot of people you have to drive a long way to get to your honey that's why i said you know we're always me and jamie are spoiled you know yeah i'm yeah, yeah I, I, just I, have to, I have to walk out my back door and i'm there exactly so that's right i can walk well chris you're hunting deer in your backyard that don't count no dude it don't count if you pet them before you shoot them yeah Oh, you got a name them and, and 
I tell you what, you're lucky Fatten though, Chris. Cause my, up, I'm going to tell you right now, if my kids were feeding the deer, there's no damn way they'd be letting me shoot them. Oh, I mean, I even I went up in the front pasture, and I mean, I made a food plot for them. So, I mean, technically, you know, <laughs> technically, <all>. I mean. <laughs> Because they weren't coming in all my other spots in the well, woods. You, like I said, you know it's a tough season when you got to resort to the backyard or, or the front yard deer in your case. You know it's a tough season. <laughs> well, Grant's wanting to plant one in the backyard next year. Yeah. He said, we get back there and clear a couple of trees out. We make a little uh, quarter acre you, plot. You saw today um, <laughs> where I feed, you know, I, I throw feed out for the chickens right there and the, right mm-hmm. in front of the shop all the time. Most of the time I'll go out there and there'll be a gazillion deer tracks right there. Right there between the shop and the house where I feed the chickens at. Because whatever the chickens leave, the deer will come out there and, and pick off every night. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Oh, I've seen them in the front yard plenty of times. I don't, I'm not going to shoot. Well, they, I mean, I mean look, I'm, look, Chris, I'm, I mean, I'm picking on you, but I ain't going to lie to you, man. Times get tough sometimes, you know. And a deer, I mean, at some point in time, I got to kill at least eight deer a year. And if that deer happens to live in my backyard, you know. I got two or three oak trees in the yard, and I've seen them out there eating. Two does in October, and then I'm rest of the rest of the year. I'm hunting, you know, either one of my hit list bucks or something like that. Yep. It was it was November, and I ain't even drawn blood yet. I was like, I ain't had this kind of year in a long time. Absolutely. So every day I came down the driveway, you know, and they'd be out there feeding on the grass, and then absolutely, man. So I was like, all right, well, we'll go, we'll go. We'll go around with y'all, see what happens. You know, that's when you give them like that. All right, if you come out again tomorrow, I'm going to have to do something about that. You know, you give, you oh, give them yeah. their opportunity. If you come out again tomorrow, it, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if that doe walks out on that food plot tomorrow, I'm on, obviously she wants me to shoot her. That's or nice. she wouldn't come out. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. So, um, hey, Herb, um, you and Carolyn, did, did, I mean, so we haven't talked about y'all's deer seasons. If you can find out about how crappy ours was by just going back and listening to the to the last couple of podcasts. But, Carlin, how was your deer season? I mean, did you have a good deer season, kill your target buck? What what happened for you? Uh, it was it was pretty good. So, you know, I had – I think I sent a, a picture to the group. So I had a, a very big deer for, for Tennessee public land on camera. Um, and I had him on camera, you know, all, all summer. And then literally the week before the season, he just disappeared. I spent the whole season trying to find him and, and never got another picture of him anywhere. I went and bought four new cameras, put them all over the place. And, you know, he just completely disappeared. Um, but I, I did end up shooting, uh, a deer that was, it was decent, you know, one, one twenties, uh, in Tennessee. That was kind of like my, my second, uh, target target buck and then uh when i went to illinois the very first day we we go there for a week um and the very first day i passed up on a on a decent eight point um and you know they they say don't pass on the first day which you would shoot on the last that day is a statement right and there I, and I, I made that mistake you know it the previous year i went and shot one bigger so i decided to pass on that one and then that was the only one that came in bow range i saw two other good bucks that week um and they just didn't present opportunities to me i think I, I went a little earlier this year i think i went the first week in november to illinois and they just weren't nearly as hot as they were last year when we went the second week illinois yeah i went second the second week, week this year i went the seventh through the 14th this year and even mm-hmm. though it was hot it, it was still pretty good action you know yeah and and then in louisiana um i, I go back home for christmas every year and 
we we manage you know in when hunt louisiana it's private um you know it's it's our family farm and so we we kind of manage the deer as best we can and saw four eight points um and and passed them all they just weren't you know they they had definitely some years to grow on them sure um and so i shot i shot i think three does um our, our property in louisiana were absolutely flooded with does um it's it's not uncommon to see 20 or 30 deer in a sit um but you know the, those bucks just just don't have the right nutrition or whatever it may be and there's just so you know so many does that you know whether i guess maybe they don't have the testosterone running them because they don't have to chase does as much um or, or fight as much um mm-hmm. they just they, they just don't have the size to them um, so yeah, I ended up shooting three days in Louisiana, um, passing on that doe in Illinois and then killing a, a decent one in Tennessee. Um, well, sounds like so, you had a great you know, season then. Yeah. I mean, I filled the freezer. On I was the wrong happy podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, well, we're, no, I don't know. He's not on the wrong podcast. We're looking for the low key killers and it sounds like we finally found one because I mean, everybody else has had a pretty shitty season. So at least we got somebody to kill something. Well, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, most of it was luck. You know, that that eight point that I shot in Tennessee, it was. I had him on camera a couple times, but it certainly wasn't anything where I was planning on seeing him. Mm-hmm. I think I was just, you know, lucky, right place, right time. Sure. And uh, you know, and he he he, just, he actually walked the edge of the bean field, which I wasn't expecting him to do. And I was tucked in the woods and a little sliver of woods connecting two big plots of woods. Um, along the edge of a bean field, and he he skirted right along the side of it. And if he would have stayed in the bean field, he would have he, he wouldn't have been in bow range. And for whatever reason, he decided to to cut into the woods, literally right on the edge of the bean field that I was you know um, parallel with. And so he he came you know right to me. I didn't see him until he was twenty yards away. But you know that's another. I know we talked about this in um, in the group text that you know the, the advantage of saddles that if i if i'd have been in a, a lock on that deer would have seen me you know he he came where my whole body was behind the tree and uh you know i was farting around on my phone which i shouldn't have been doing and i looked up and there he was at 20 yards yeah. um had no had no idea i was there so i, I think i just got lucky well hey, I mean, it's hey, meant man. to be it's meant to be yeah, hey, you don't if you don't screw it up, then that's not luck. <laughs> well, you know, there you go. Well, you get, you know, I mean, look, I, I've heard a lot of times, like, I, I so I, uh, I, I did a lot of uh, semi-pro and and uh, amateur tournament bass fishing, right? And I've always said, you know, I mean, I I'd rather be lucky than good any day because you can be a good fisherman, but man, the, the guys who are just who can who can combine a little bit of luck with a little bit of skill. It just seemed that they, they were the ones who always, you know, were in the top ten, you know. Um, and they say, oh, man, I don't – I mean, you know, I just happened to go by this spot and there was a bunch of fish there, you know. Or I threw out there and, and, and you know, the first cast of the day I loaded up with a seven-pounder. That was my kicker fish for the day. And I'd be like, you lucky son of a bitch, you know. Well, I can't ever seem to do that. But, you know, luck and skill run – you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I got lucky. Yeah, you got a little bit lucky, but you know what? I, I would I would venture to say, Colin, that if that that luck played maybe a little bit of part in it in at the very moment, but it was skill in picking an area, skill in map scouting, skill in getting in there quietly, um, and absolutely skill with a bow that made the that made the shot. So a little bit of luck, but a but a but you know, but a little bit of skill, and that's when you when you meld those two together, that's when you're really right on your game. I think. I will I will say this. I put in a lot of work. Uh, you know, in, in July of, of last year, I mean, I, I put out a ton of cameras and, um, you know, all the, all the public land to hunt is by boat just cause you know, it's, it's 
what I think is is the easiest way to get away from other people. And so um, spent spent a lot of hours on the boat, hung a lot of cameras, and did did a lot of research to to find those two deer and you know kind of where they were hanging out out at. So I guess you know the the work is what is what paid off in the in the long run. Well, what's the uh, what's the thing they say? I think um, I don't know. I've, I've seen it on like Facebook memes and stuff. I say successful people create their own luck or something along that line. Absolutely, yeah. You create your own luck. You know, so luck you know. is where preparation and opportunity meet. Absolutely, there there, there's one right there. You see that all the time. Yeah, luck is where preparation and opportunity meet. That's an absolute, absolutely. So you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, oh, he's lucky, man. He kills a giant deer every year. Oh, really? You think he's lucky, or do you think that maybe he just works his ass off all the time? Please go shock that dog. <laughs> I gotta. We have a we have a healer, and she's deaf. And she has like no boundaries, none. She don't care. She just <laughs> she don't give a shit. She she's pers- sweet though. She's sweet as she can be. <laughs> Personal boundaries. She don't give a shit though. Dude. I mean, she just hear her barking. She's deaf, so every time the wind blows, she barks. And she has no idea how loud she is. So if you ever hear a dog barking, that's her. She cannot help herself. She is a wild child. So my daughter just had to come in here and get her and literally drag her out of here because she's coming to hang out with us. (laughs) The problem is she'd be up in your lap or on top of the laptop. She don't care. She don't care at all. But anyway, um, Herb, man, how was your deer season, man? I mean, tell me you killed one of the Missouri Giants. I didn't get to shoot a Missouri Giant this year. Um, I was after some. uh, Well, you're in the right place. A whole lot of guys who hunt them but never kill them. That's us. (laughs) <laughs> now, <laughs> not the year before i i did pretty decent but the, this year i we had the cameras in and we was looking and we hit it pretty hard during the early season i got a place that does really good on early season and uh we hit it pretty hard and seeing some bucks on cameras and stuff we just didn't never make the hookup on them um seeing does quite a few does um a lot of them were coming into range for me that i where i was comfortable so i I didn't do them, get anything like that for a while. And uh, finally got one to come in range during archery season. Shot my doe, still hunting uh, bucks and up until our rifle season. And uh, we were sitting there. We kind of watched the monitoring the cameras a little bit, kind of seeing what movement and noticing what time of day they were moving. I finally got out on one of the farms and uh, sat there and had doe finally move through. And I, put meat in the freezer again but um shot another doe and i was just let her lay and here comes a buck i mean he wasn't a giant but i mean but he's one that's been terrorizing the whole everybody all the bucks on the farm it seemed like so one of those bully deer type oh yeah he's just oh i say about two and a half three year old deer you know he was a younger buck he was just bullying everything around because about oh i say about two days after that we started seeing the bigger bucks show up back up on the farms after mm-hmm. that. I was like, like, yeah, I was like, well, I already tagged out that way. So I couldn't do it anymore for my rifle season. So yeah. wait until bow season. I tried doing some more after afterwards. Just could never find, you know, time yeah. and when they were showing up or it's not working out. Yeah. So, or they'd be like, I'd hunt in the morning and then it'd be like here in the afternoon. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I guess the uh, the whole bully buck thing, right? So I, I don't know. 
down here in the south, in, in the dirty south, I call it, where down here where, where the grunge is, I don't really, I mean, I don't know. Our, our deer populations are different. Of course, we don't have the daylight movement that y'all have because our deer are, are more conditioned to nocturnal just, just because if you if you come out in the daylight down here, you get your ass shot off. I mean, it's just the nature of it. Um, But, it, like, we don't really, I've never really seen, like, that, that one deer that, that, like, suppresses all the other deer. I've seen it in turkeys. I've seen like a boss gobbler who suppresses all the other gobblers around him. And when you kill him, I mean, 10 more freaking gobblers all of a sudden are gobbling a couple days later, you know? Um, but I've never seen it in deer. I've seen I've it in deer seen. a couple times. Have you? Uh, the, the only time I've seen it, you know, just just in comparison from Tennessee to Louisiana to Illinois to also hunted in, in Kansas a lot in college you know, was, was the Midwest, you know, whenever I hunted the Midwest, uh, I, I saw a difference in temperament, um, with, with the deer for whatever reason that is, I, I have no Excuse idea, me. but I, you know, I, I'd see a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, deer pushing other bucks, especially obviously, you know, in, in the rut, but, yeah. um, just, just pushing deer more than, than even in, well, you know, Tennessee and especially Louisiana. I think that it has a lot to do with maturity because mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I'll say for sure, you're not going to see as many deer in the five plus age class down here as you are there. Even though we have probably, you know, two times a deer, maybe three or four times a deer that you might have in the Midwest, you're just not going to see the age class. Um, you know, I, I could probably count on one hand how many that I've know, seen it would think probably went four or five years old or yeah, better. It's just not as I many mean, deer it, out here it, that do it. You know, and now that you say that, go ahead. You know, now that you, now that you say that, it makes me wonder. You know, I mean, I know at least in Louisiana, like they have an insanely long rifle season, um, which I think you know contributes to deer not getting older. Um, frankly, I mean, me personally, I hate you know that they have a rifle season that long. Um, you know, I love I love states where it's you know one maybe two weeks. And uh, I feel like it just, in general, helps helps the deer population as far as bucks go, and helps helps those deer get older. Um, and I, I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah, ours down here is like two and a half months long mm-hmm. rifle season, and they shooting everything walking. Sometimes, I mean, in a lot of places, that's exactly right. Oh, what the, what county are you hunting? If you don't mind sharing on the podcast, or we can talk offline. No, not at all. So, so I hunt, you know, pretty much everywhere. The only the only place I haven't gone is far east Tennessee, um, okay. you, you know, up, up in the mountains. But um, besides that, I've, I've I've bounced around everywhere. I mean, a lot of it just because it's close to home uh, is is Davidson County. Um, right. You know. Land, land or not land between lakes that's kentucky um which also hunt there a, a good bit as well um on the kentucky side not the tennessee side but um okay. yeah D- davidson county and um and percy percy priest percy warner right. um you know th- those are i don't i don't even care saying them because there's so many people that go to them anyway it's oh, like yeah. whatever yeah like, yeah you're not you going to change anything Especially, right you're not giving away yeah. a secret yeah when exactly the, uh, the the hunting public guy showed up down there. They hunted, it was Percy Priest or somewhere like that. And, uh, yeah, so the groups, they said they, they jumped that area fast. Yeah. So I have a funny story about that. Actually, a, a buddy of mine who I met on a, a social media, Tennessee bow hunter page, 
um, he's like, man, I know exactly where they hunt at. Apparently there was some like Coke can um, hanging off of a limb in one of the videos. And he took yeah. me to the exact spot with the same exact Coke limb. I was like, man, or Coke can on the limb. I was like, man, you gotta be kidding me. And so we, we actually ground hunted there once um, and had an opportunity to shoot a doe and, and passed on it. But um, yeah, it's, you know, those hunting public guys, like they're awesome. I've learned a great deal from them personally. Um, but you know, obviously wherever they go, it ends up getting flooded. And I feel like they really highlighted, um, you know, central, central Tennessee, middle Tennessee, pretty, pretty well. And, you know, it is what it is. What, what I've found running all my cameras in, in these super populated spots where people love to hunt is that it's early season when people don't want to be out in the heat and stuff. That's when you want to go. That's right. Um, you know, and, and like just my cameras all start picking up hunters, you know, mid October and, and then it gets real bad, obviously in rifle season and, and all my cameras get stolen this year. I think I had three stolen. Um, and that's my own fault that I probably should have, you know, put, put a lock box on them, but, yeah, um, or got to get them know. out of the way and got to get them out before you, before that time of year. Yeah. That's what I do with mine. Yeah, I get them away from there before that time of year. But exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'll say this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, no, no, go ahead. I'll let you. No, I, I like trying to find the spots that people don't like to hunt. Um, what's his name? Dan Infault said a bunch of stuff about, um, you know, the spots that normal guys would walk by and look at and say, nah, nobody's going to hunt there. There's no deer there or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I started hunting those spots, the smaller chunks, uh, the smaller fingers of woods. And I find out a lot of deer, especially during those high pressure areas, get flooded into that spot and you kind of get your picking down there. Um, Versus, you know, getting walked in on a bunch and, you know, you're never going to prevent that. But uh, I found that those smaller overlooked spots, you know, especially if you do a little bit of scouting, uh, you know, turkey season or uh, late summer um, when when you're not going to mess too much up um, and get a good idea of that area. Those spots have been the last couple of years have been uh, my go to spots because I, I don't know about um, Carlin maybe can say, but. Uh, I've seen a lot, so many out-of-state tags that I never saw before in the, the few little public areas that I hunt around the house to the point where I all but quit hunting those spots, uh, spots I've hunted six, seven years. And, uh, you know, this year I was sitting there with my daughter and I pop a ground blind only because I knew it was a good pressured area and it's a really easy walk. And I kind of I kind of said something in here the other day about it. But, uh, we had a dude walk in walked up next to the ground blind, waved at us, and just kept walking straight down the middle of the deer trail. Right? I mean, like, the field, you could see where they've been walking, and he walked dead center down hey, the Bradley, middle of Hey, Bradley, Bradley, check, yeah. check, check your, check your uh, I don't know what it is, but you, like, all of a sudden went, like, I don't know. It, it was really it really broken up and wow. staticky, so check that. I'm outside in the middle There of you the are. That's better. No, you're better now. It may have just been where you were okay. standing at for a minute. Well, anywho, I, so like I said, just kind of summarize, uh, out-of-state pressure, and then we had a guy walk right up on us. Um, me and my daughter were in a ground blind and he walked within 15 feet of the ground blind and just kept walking, waved at us, just kept walking. All right. So now that you yeah. said that, Seth, you remember, uh, it was maybe the first podcast we were talking and I told you, I had a story about that national forest over there in East Texas, right? Yes, sir. You said okay. Fort Hood, right? Well, I mean, I was stationed at Fort Hood, right? So oh, okay. me and my okay. buddy were stationed at Fort Hood, and, and I bow hunted there, and I shot a deer there with my bow. First, Actually, the first deer I ever killed with a bow, I was 23 or 24, I, I did it at Fort Hood. But me and my buddy, who was from South Carolina, we decided we were going to go 
to um, we were gonna we were gonna head out and go to um, East Texas to one of the national forests, and I can't remember, but it's probably what I would say, just whatever's due east of, like if you go to Colleen and you go due east, whatever national forest is like yeah. due east probably of there. Probably David Crockett or something. Might have been. All right, so anyway, so we decided we're going to go out there and go deer hunting, right? Now, mind you, I grew up hunting the national forest of Fort Hood Tech, of, of uh, Homochita National Forest down here in the Mississippi. So I'm taking my experience with hunting this national forest to there, right? So five o'clock, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon comes, you got to be there for, you know, you got to be there for, you know, formation, you go to formation, we get everything, look, I lived, you know, I lived off post, so we loaded the guns up, man, we got all of our gear, we got a tent, we're going to go, we're going to, you know, get there that night, we're going to, you know, hunt in the morning. So we get to where we had picked out on the map, we were going to go. Seth, when I tell you we got there at like nine o'clock that night, it's about a four hour drive from Fort Hood, we got there about nine o'clock that night. You could not even get to the parking area. There were so many trucks. I mean, literally, <laughs> you could not get into God. it. They were double stacked all the way down. So, literally, there was just enough width for that you could take one vehicle in one direction only and go down. So, we drove all the way down into the parking to the camping area and made a loop and just drove out. It was that many people. I mean, it must have been 100 people in that one little camping area. So, Dude. he's like, what do we do? So what we did was we said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm sorry, go ahead. What, you want to say something? I was saying, was it gun season? Yeah, it was the first day of gun season. That'll, that'll do it. Now, look, I mean, like I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I was 24 years or 23, 24 years old. I, I didn't know. I just didn't know because mm-hmm. I, I grew up hunting in the National Forest down here. It was never like that, you know. Well, anyway, so I showed up. So, so we get down there. So we said, what do we do? So we had a spot on the map that we'd sort of picked out. We wanted to go hunt about a mile or two down the road. So we just pulled the truck down there to the road that we wanted to go in on. And we literally slept. And I had a, um, I had a 1993. It was brand new. So it was a 1993 GMC Sonoma single cab. And we slept in that dude. Bench seats and everything, man. We just made do. And we slept in that. And we woke up, you know, a car pulled up behind us, and we were waking up, and we got all our gear. And we talked to the guys. They were really nice. And, like, you know, we just were like, all right, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go down this road, okay? We're going to go down this road. So we split up and went our separate way. So me and Trey, um, Daughtry, he's from South Carolina. Um, shout out to him if he ever hears this. We, uh, we go down the road. And we walk down in there, and he gets a spot. And, and we, we're, we're going to hunt on the ground. We didn't bring a stand or nothing this with us. We're just going to hunt on the ground. So he gets a spot, and I go on down there a couple hundred yards or whatever, and I'm going to get a spot. And um, so I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll, I'll pick you up around between 9.30 and 10. As I walk out, I'll pick you up, and we'll go. He's like, yep, that's good. So we go in and hunt and didn't see anything. I mean, we're, we're going in blind. It's dark the first day of deer. We don't see anything. We don't know where we're going, anything. So we go in there, hunt until about 9, 9.30. And, uh, and I come on out and I pick Trey up and he's sitting over here beside this pine tree looking over this big bottom. And he, I walk up to him and he's like, Hey man, he said, look, look up there. And I'm like, what? He's like, look right over there, like 50 yards in that tree. Look right over there. And there's a dude in a tree. And I was like, (laughs) and I'm like, dude, was he there when we got there? He said, Oh, hell no. (laughs) I said, what happened? He said, well, I was standing here beside this tree. And I'm looking at freaking, I see this dude coming down the road, down the logging road. So I start flashing my light at him, you know, and he just keeps on coming. And he said he gets about right over there by that tree. 
And I flashed my light. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm over here. And he goes, oh, yeah, hey, I see you. And just climbed the damn tree. <laughs> I said, you've got to be fucking kidding me. He said, no, he just climbed the damn tree, started hunting. I said, what'd you tell him? I said, I tell him, I said, you better not shoot a fucking deer. <laughs> he said, all I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you better not shoot one. <laughs> so, so we hauled ass. We went somewhere else. Actually, the next, that afternoon, Trey killed a, he shot a doe that afternoon um, on another, we just moved to another place, you know, and we went to a place like two or three miles away. There was nobody. We just, you know, but yeah. So when, <laughs> when he was talking about somebody walking down the road when bradley was talking about somebody walking down the road on him now i'll never forget that story that dude literally got in a tree 50 yards from my buddy and didn't give a shit just didn't care. that's a normal occurrence in south louisiana i mean yeah. it, it don't have to be like that though guys i mean jesus christ respect each other you know yeah if if i got yeah. there before you just go down to the next road yeah i ain't i ain't never had nothing like seen, that but i have yeah. had people walk you know, be sitting over a holler or something, see somebody walk the next ridge over or walk down the, the holler or something like that. I've had that happen a few times. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had people walk in on me, but most of the people who walk in on me, like when once they realize that I'm there, they immediately start to get the hell away from you. know, Oh, I didn't I didn't know you were there. I'm out. You know, and they'll move. Right. They'll get away from me. And that's and that's the right thing to do. You know, it is yeah. a shame that some people I think I think part of it also is just a lack of uh a lack of knowledge you know i mean there's a lot of people who either have always hunted private land and then are forced to hunt public or just don't hunt yeah a lack of etiquette you're saying a lot um you know yeah i just i I don't think they you know realize that they're you know being being malicious and in that intent but i honestly got to think there are people who just don't care yeah. yeah 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 unfortunately unfortunately there yeah, is there definitely is too. i mean you, you've gotten to this point now yeah. in, in in especially in society where we are now where it's really all about you the the concept of fair play the concept of respecting your neighbor those are all things that we you know it's almost like we don't do that anymore mm-hmm. you know and i just think there are people have gotten so selfish yeah. that it's really about what they want yep. and if i step all over jamie's toes to deer hunt as long as I kill the deer and Jamie don't kill the deer, I don't care that I had to, you know, be maybe unethical or, or something to, to kill him. As long as I kill him first. There's a lot out there like that now. I, I think a lot of a lot of yeah. it, you know, guys, you know, leading back to what uh, Carlin said, a lot of it's guys that just don't want to put in the work. They don't have a plan B. You know, they go to plan A every single time. They hunt the same tree over and over and over again. They're not, you know, they're not mobile. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, so they go to the same spot over again. If you're there, then oh, well, so be it. This is my spot. I'm hunting my spot. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Because I, yeah, because I don't know where else yeah. to go. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's when I, when I pick a public land, you know, that I'm going to hunt. If, if I don't know it, I'm definitely going to go find at least a plan B, C, and D. If not, all yeah. the way through the alphabet, you know? <laughs> well, like for, even for me, like, I don't know how, I mean, I know a lot of y'all hunt public land. So like I, I'm hunt, I hunt, there's tons of public land around my house. Well, let's say I want to go hunt, you know, a spot a mile or so from the house. And I drive up there. If there's a truck parked at that road, I understand that it's 3,000 acres in there, but if there's a truck parked in there, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else yep. because I don't want to take a chance on walking in on you and ruining your hunt. That may be the only weekend you have this That's whole ex- year to hunt. Anyway, that's exactly yeah. how I am. I, you know, I mean, and it's, and it's also, I just, 
I just don't, uh, you know, trust other people in, in what they're doing or how, how well, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they smoked a cigarette on, on the drive there. Or, or maybe you had six, be- maybe you had six beers like and you took in the other two, which edge you went in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know guys who used to yeah, literally, yeah, they would I fill just, all their I, pockets with beers as they went in the woods. And I hunted with them, but I was a kid. I didn't yeah, know any better, I, but. Yeah. I had that, like you talking like, about so, truck being so, there. I, so this year, times this uh, year that, I drew a, a uh, coveted. I, I drew a coveted tag uh, in in Tennessee, and uh, you know I was I, I was bow hunting in a specific area, and I climbed up in the tree. I, I, it was a far walk. I mean, it had to have been at least a mile and a half. And I get up in the tree, and I'm all settled in. And sure enough, about ten minutes later, this guy comes walking practically right underneath my tree, and he looks up at me and waves, and I just literally had just gotten settled i took all my stuff down and walked right back to the truck and drove home yeah you might as well because he's pretty much i mean he just saturated the entire area with your with scent so i mean you know you don't know mm-hmm. i mean but like like i said you know i just for me the etiquette and the respect part of it is i don't have to know you to know that if i'm going down and i had a guy walk in on me in the national forest uh two years ago right and literally, he when I walked out because I walked after he walked in on me, I, I'm sort of the same thing, Carl. And I just turned around, and grabbed my shit, and walked out. I walked out. The dude literally parked right in front of me. You can't tell me you didn't know I was down that road. Yeah. You know. I mean, I wasn't want nobody coming in on me, so that's looked. why I don't go in on nobody else. There's freaking it's it's Maybe. a two mile stretch of national forest on both sides of the road. You're telling me you couldn't have gone down the road freaking 300 yards to the next freaking entry point and walked in there. Went on the other side of the road, or went on the mm-hmm. other side of the road. Yeah, you know, I mean, do whatever you know. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just not wired like that. So I was wired. Of course, I'm a little older. I'm fifty. I'm a little older. I, but I was I was wired and and raised to respect another person. You know. Mm-hmm. So if if there's a car at the spot that I want to hunt, that's like turkey hunting. If I want to hunt a turkey and I know he's gobbling in there, but I get up late and I get there you know, 30 minutes before daylight and I get there and there's a truck parked there, I'm not going in there on that turkey. You know, that's yeah, I was, point. yeah, because I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, I, I publicly hang on maybe a couple times for deer. I mean, I, I got private land that I hunt mostly, but when I public land, I mostly hunt is turkeys and I'm with you. Like, I'll drive down the road and if I see a truck, I'm either going down to the next one or... I'll just turn around and go on home. Yep. I said, I'm not going in on top of you. Why would I do that? But I've had so many people, so many other hunters call back on me thinking I'm a real turkey. Yeah, because they moved, because your truck was there, and but they like, moved in on top I'll of hear you. Him, and I hear him like walking and calling at the same time. I'm like, this dude is literally about to walk up on me. Yep. And so I'll just like hop up and they're like, oh, my bad, man. I thought you were a turkey. Dude, I, I, I'm when I was a youth, when I was a real young person, I didn't know any better. I would get, you know, I would walk in on people. I've, I've walked in on a few, and I always felt embarrassed. I don't know why, but I, I like, I felt like, you know, my woodsmanship was, you know, in question um, when I walked in on somebody. So I, I've, you know, and then I've gotten, I got chastised a few times, you know, by family members and people who I respected for not being respectful of the way other people hunted and giving people their space. So I've just always you know give you your space yeah. you know well, talking about oh, go, go ahead, ahead Honor. i'm sorry uh talking about that you know like when i'm hunting real heavily pressured property uh, i will uh, you know it's it's probably bit me in the butt a few times but i will wait till it's 
getting daylight and everybody's done got in the woods and I'll drive down the road and I'll see where everybody's parked. You know, especially like the first days that I get there if I'm on a trip or something, I'll find out where everybody's hunting and I'm I'm getting away from them. You know, right. I will scout I will scout people and then, you know, make a game plan from there a lot of times. Whether or not they're in an area, I'll go find a new area. You know, I, I hate that walking in on somebody. It's it's just rude. Well, I feel like I've not only did I ruin my hunt, I ruined yours. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, because obviously I'm not going to hunt, so I ruined mine, and then I, you know, and then there you are, maybe on your only weekend off. Yep. And there I am, you know, limp, limp dicking around, messing up your hunt too. I feel horrible about that. I, feel, I mean, I really feel bad, you know, that I did that to somebody. So I, I don't, and I don't like it when it's done to me, you know. So that's what I love about like the the group I'm in. I'm I'm in a I'm like I'm in a deer lease. If you've heard, I'm in a deer lease. It's a thousand acres. There's I don't know, 12 or 13, 15 of us, however many are in the group, hell, from I don't know from one minute to the next. But we all, here's, here's our rules. The rules are real simple. There are, there are no dedicated areas. If I want to go deer hunt in an area and you're deer hunting there, I have every right to go. But as a group, unwritten rule, if I know that you hunt a food plot or you hunt an area, I just don't go over there and mess up your area. Out of respect for you and your hunting, you know, do I have every right to go hunt over in that area? Yeah, I can go over there and hunt all I want, but I don't go over there because I don't want to mess you up and I don't want to be disrespectful to you. And because I'm not, I, because I do that for you, guess what you don't do to me? You don't come get in areas that you know that I deer hunt at, you know? So yeah. it, it's reciprocal. My respect for you equals your respect for me because I recipro- you reciprocate that respect back to me. And I think that if we would get back to the respect game where we respect each other's hunting, we respect your in, each other's opinions, we'd be in a whole lot better place as far as freaking hunters because we respect each other. All right. I'm yeah, on a, pre- I'll get on a soapbox right there. Hold on. <laughs> that that, that brings me to a point, too, that, you know, I, I don't want to kill the deer that you're hunting. I want to go find my own deer. And I think a lot of people are lazy. You know, they find out you got a good deer in an area or something. They they want to go hunt your deer. You know, I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill another deer that somebody else has found. I want to kill the deer that I put into work for, went and found, and I killed that deer. I found that deer. I killed that deer. You know, stop yeah, you, being lazy. Go find your own deer. Well, I think so. Yeah, well, you did it. You know, part of it is well, not part of it. All of it is is just the sense of pride in it. You know, you did it on your own. You didn't need somebody yeah. else to find the deer for you. Well, the other thing that yep. you run into is the uh, and and I've heard other people talk about this is cell cameras or cameras in general sort of create this ownership, right? About my deer, you know, my deer. Well, I've been feeding him for years, and I, I I fed him from a fawn all the way up, and you know, and he's my deer, and he lives in this area, and I'm hunting him, and you shouldn't be over here because that's my deer. Um, you know, if 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 you go back to our podcast, um, I had a target deer this year named Jethro, solid low low one forties, maybe high one thirties ish class eight point, a absolute stud four year old been feeding that little bastard since he was two i know him as intimately as anybody can know him without ever laying hands on him he chases the wrong doe through the wrong food plot damn three miles from where i've been feeding him all this time and gets himself shot when i reached out to the lady as a sweet lady who shot him beautiful 
deer and she's a sweetheart and i was like you know hey i think that's the deer that i you know i think i know that deer can i ask some questions and we share some photos and i'm like yeah i'm 99.9 percent sure that's him and then she literally messages back to me i'm sorry i killed your deer and i'm like hell you don't have nothing to be sorry about it ain't i don't own him yeah i've been feeding him and yeah i have some history and yes he was my target deer the deer that i was hunting but i don't i didn't brand him his damn my name ain't tattooed inside his lip he don't belong to me. He's a deer. He goes where he goes and does what he does, right? See? And if you kill him, it's not it's not your fault you killed him. I can't blame you for it. But I think a lot of people do. Again, I'm on my soapbox again. So here we go. I'll get on. I've had I've had a few beers. Hell, I've been deer yeah. day drinking. Yes. Especially <laughs> and I agree with you on private land and stuff. That's, uh, you know, we don't, when I say find my own deer and kill my own deer, you know, I just hypothetically speaking i, I know what you're talking about though. Own, i know what you, you mean. don't own we don't own no deer it's a wild animal that's going to do what it wants he's going to do what Anybody he wants to unless him. you put him in a freaking 10 acre high fence and then shooting him just somehow loses this luster yep you know yeah but deer are going to do what deer are going to do i mean i'll get I, I get a real kick out of growing them i mean it's like my thing now you know the the longer i've been doing this the more i get into getting a deer at, at you know from even from a fawn you know i don't know him you don't you don't really know from a fawn when he's a spike you really can't know but as soon as he d- develops an antler characteristic that you can recognize you know um he, you sort of get a history with them you know you're feeding them you're trying to grow them you want to see how big they'll get you know you get excited when you're checking cameras because you want to see if if jethro showed back up or did you know who's he watched it or whatever his name is i mean i think chris is the best deer namer of all of us you know um but you sort of want to see him. You want to see. And I'll be hating now. No, I'm not hating, dude. I think you have some good deer names. I suck at deer naming. I'm like, oh, the eight point. Ooh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the, big, the big ten. Yeah. No, oh, I wasn't yeah. gonna chime in. I wasn't gonna chime in about the my deer thing. But I mean, like I said, I hunt private land, so. I mean, I don't care personally if my neighbors or you know whoever kills it, but whoever on my on our property, yeah, don't don't hunt my deer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy if you kill it, but deep down, I'll be like, you know, I hope you step on a Lego when you get home. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Serious thing. That's crazy right there. Mm. But, you know, I think you're at the same time, though. You're right, though. So, like, you know, um, I'm not mad because this sweet lady killed the deer that I was hunting. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at the deer for leaving. I gave that little bastard everything he needed to live a happy life. I never shot does around the area that he frequented. I fed him high protein, good good food all the time, and he was un, he, he he didn't appreciate anything that I did for him. And his stupid ass runs off and gets killed. I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at him. Uh, that's you funny. Know? But no, I mean, but you know, don't we? But don't we do it? I mean, think about it. When we get a deer that we want to sort of target, we do everything we can to keep him in an area, right? I mean, Absolutely. We yeah. do. We do. I mean, I, dude, I pump yep. the food to him. I build him this freaking luscious. I mean, it looked like this this food plot looked like a damn NFL stadium. I mean, luscious green grass everywhere, you know. Poured more fertilizer into it than I've ever poured before. Keeping the does there. Keeping the deer there so he'll have no reason to roam. And what does he do? That somebody runs off three damn miles and goes and freaking gets killed i can't stop him from loading i mean i don't have a high fence you know but i did everything i could to keep him there at the same time you know i'm mad at him because he left he had no reason to leave you know i don't know dang women (laughs) them 
Boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> look, he ain't the first one which died over a piece of tail. That's all I'll say. He won't be the last. <laughs> no, he won't be the last one either. That's exactly right. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, so <laughs> I get on a soapbox, boy, especially when I've been drinking. God almighty. <laughs> I'm an opinionated bastard, ain't I? That's all there is to it. Well, <laughs> anyway. I like, I like it when them guys uh, talk about, oh, I shot your deer. I, I, it gets me a lot. They know you've been you've seen your, you know, your t- pictures or whatever. And they go, well, I shot your deer, or they're hunting your deer. I'm like, what do you mean? You get lucky enough to shoot it. It's good. Yeah, I man, had it's a, good. It's good. I had a neighbor that did that. I, I, he knew I was hunting one for like two years, and had an opportunity, lost it, and he was just luckily enough. Middle, you know, he was out one day. You know, one of the days that I wasn't able to hunt, went back here and got the stand, and the buck got up in front of him. He just plowed him. I'm like, he goes, I shot your deer. And I'm like. I'm glad you shot him because I was never, you know, I haven't been able to do it. I get to actually get to go see that deer. These mounts sitting in his house. I stop over and I can look at him whenever I want. Yeah. It's uh, beautiful. So I'm, and, Herb, I got to call a little bullshit on that. I mean, I'm not, I get what you're saying, but I got to call a little, <laughs> a little bullshit there because we all know that we all know that we have this little bit of um, jealousy in us because we wanted to kill him, you know? And I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm messing with you. I'm. I'm. Don't. Don't take me too seriously when anything that I say. Um, but you know, like, don't get me wrong. I'm. I really. I, I don't care that she killed him. I'm not mad at her for killing him. But there's this part of me that really wanted to hold his antlers in my hands. You know, that really wanted to put him on my wall. You know, and yeah. and, and I. But I think it's a natural thing. You know, everybody oh, yeah. who says, "Oh man, I have no jealousy when you kill a big deer." Ah, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. I got some. I'm a little bit jealous, you know. It happened to me this year. Ten point almost killed at five yards with a longbow. Ended up dead at the neighbors. And, you know, I congratulated him. I'm super happy for him. But I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> Damn right. I mean, I, I think everybody is. I mean, if you're, if you're really hunting hard and you're really trying to accomplish whatever your goals are as a hunter, you're going to be a little bit jealous, you know, and it's perfectly natural. I think people shame themselves, you know, oh, you, you, you have no right to be jealous. It's not your deer. Well, no, you don't have any right to be, but you still can be. I am. I'm all the damn time, you know. Well, that's how you react to it more than anything, you know. Uh, you can have some class about it and say, man, I'm jealous. I really want to kill that deer, but congratulations. Yeah, glad super you, happy glad for you, got you. Him, you know. Yeah, super happy for you, but at the same time, damn it, man. Yeah, I really want to kill that I'm going to plant some Legos in your living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plant some Legos yeah. in your living room. Boy, that's from a man, that's from a man who stepped on them. You know, you can tell. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, for me, it's it's not so much jealousy. It's just you know a, a disappointment in myself that like you know I knew that deer was there. Sure. And I couldn't I couldn't figure him out. I couldn't sooner. I enough. couldn't close the deal. Yeah, I think mm. you're right. So yeah, it's it's a little jealousy, a little disappointment, all at the same time. I'm dis. I'm, I'll tell you what. The other thing I am a lot of time. When a big deer like that that I've been hunting especially gets killed, I'm disappointed because now the chase is over. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I know some people may not, they may call bullshit on that, and, and that's fine too. But I'm a little bit like when the, like for me, like when, when Jethro, when, when I knew he was dead, man, that really took a lot. It took a fire out of me because that was the deer I was hunting. And as long as I thought he might be alive, but just not in my area. I, you know, I was always able to go say, well, look, I'm going to hunt because you never know when he's going to show up. Yeah. But as soon as I knew he was dead, 
there was this part of me like, fuck, why, why even go? He's not, obviously he can't show up. He's dead. Yep. Yeah. You know? Especially when that's the only deer you got to hunt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had other deer to hunt. He was the only big, big deer. So I had some, you, you saw, I, I know I sent, some of y'all may not have seen him because you hadn't joined some, but if you look back, I have a, I got a three-year-old that's going to be fantastic next year. Boy, that dude is, and I call him the, um, I'll tell you how original I am, Chris, because I'm an original. I call him the oil field <laughs> eight. That's all I'm going to say. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. I give you props on that. Is that good? Is that, is that a good name? I mean, that's a good one. He'll be a ten point, a solid, but if he's a ten point next five, year, what is he now? The ten, the oil field ten point. If he becomes a ten point next year, I mean, hell, I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's got great brow tines. He's he's a nice. He's fifteen inches wide. Um, you know, decent G twos and threes. He's probably one fifteen, one twenty this year. He'll be solidly if he continues to grow on. You know, as, as he might be in you know one thirty or better. Um, I think he's going to be a great deer next year. And I knew he was there. Here's a the problem that I had with him because I knew he was a three year old. I really didn't have my heart set on him. You know, I don't know if anybody else faces that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, kinda. <laughs> Down here, if it's a three-year-old good deer, he might get whacked. Well, I mean, look, I wouldn't have, you know, I, I wouldn't have been mad if somebody would have shot him. And I'm not telling you that I wouldn't have shot him, which is maybe one of the reasons I didn't hunt that area as heavily or as hard as because that's a different area. I may not have hunted that area as hard. I, honest to God, I know that there were points that I didn't hunt him really hard because I was thinking, man, he's a three-year-old, and if I can get him the next year, man, he's going to be something special. Maybe he'll be, yeah, maybe, think- maybe he'll be something special. You know. I think about that uh, every three-year-old deer, two-year-old deer that's got a decent rack on him. I, a part of me, you know, and I, I chased one a nice nine-point last season. This year, he's probably about four and a half. And, you know, he was a good deer last season. I would have killed him. But a part of me was like, damn, kind of hope he makes it. I'd love to see him next year, you know. Yeah. That's, because that's every just, one I see, every young deer. Yeah, because you sort of want to see what he'll become. Because we're not all, you know, we're, we're not, we don't all have the golden spoon in our mouth like Chris does, right? You know? Yeah. You know? Well, damn. <laughs> no, but shots I mean, fired. Shots fired. That's right. No, but you know, um, but, but that's sort of the thing though. You know, I'm I'm always curious about what he'll be next year, which is why I feel like I can pass a, a two year old six point or an eight point, or I can pass a three year old deer if I think he's got the, if I think he'll make it. Now look, where I hunt at, there are some places that I'm like, ooh, if I see a three year old deer in this section of where I hunt, I'm gonna shoot that sun gun because ain't no damn way he gonna make it. But in there, there's other parts that I'm like, man, if, you know, if, if if he stays back here in this cutover or he's, you know, doesn't, you know, nobody hunts over there a whole lot, man, there's a chance he'll make it. And as a two year old, man, he might be a three year old next year, and he'll he'll be a great, he'll be a much better deer. But then again, yeah. next year I'm the same thing. The next thing happens. What happens? Now he's a three year old. I'm like, man, <laughs> if he make it to four, gosh dang, man, he might be something special. You know. You know, with that said, Cliff, not to rag on you, but it drives me nuts. Like, I got some, and some of them are some of my best friends. They say, man, I got this uh, little four-point or a spike or a little basket rack eight. And they're like, if I don't shoot them, the neighbor will. Man, I hate well, that shit. Just, it drives me crazy. You just became the neighbor. You're the Absolutely. neighbor. Absolutely. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. Uh, agree with that 100%. 100,000. 100,000%. Absolutely agree with that. If I don't shoot him, the neighbor's going to shoot him. You know what? I think they did a study, and I don't. Um, Seth is a Seth is is like me. He, he's really good at looking looking this stuff up. I want to say it was on the Mississippi Deer Lab. They did a study, and I could be wrong, Seth. It could have come from A and M. 
they did a they did a study um, some years ago that if you let a deer walk the first time, he has like a ninety percent chance of living that through the deer season. The mm-hmm. first time you let him go. That's now, interesting. I don't know if that's thought- true everywhere you hunt them. I mean, I'm just saying, but I read that study and I can't remember where it was from. And it, it was just a short article about it. You know, uh, maybe, maybe it might have been on, uh, I think it's NDA now, the National Deer Association. It used to be QDMA, Quality Deer Management Association. They changed their name this last year or so. But um, yeah, they did. I remember um, that they used to uh, – they used to have something like that where they would say, uh, I remember what the article, but it's, I think it's 80 or 90% chance. If you, if you let him walk the first time as like a two or three year old, he's got like a 90% chance of making it through the year. Just making him that one time. So that's impressive. I mean, I don't that's know if that's, you know, I can't remember, but I know I've read something like that. Hell, it probably was 50%, but any, even if he had 50%. So if I let him go and he's got a 50, 50 chance of making it through the year, as a two-year-old or something, hell, it, it's worth it, you know? But you're yeah. right, Hunter. Don't become the neighbor. Don't say that shit. That's a cop-out. I think people use it as a cop-out to to, um, to to justify their their, their decision. Don't, oh, just, yeah, dude, don't justify it. Just freaking shoot him if you want to shoot him. I, th- yeah. I think when you say that, you ha- you're you dealing with your own internal discernment, and you and you're justifying it by doing that. By, Absolutely. By, by I agree, well, I agree a thousand there. percent. <laughs> yeah, it's just an excuse to pull the trigger. Yep. And look, yep. that's okay. If that's what you want to do, pull the damn trigger, man. I don't care. You know? Look, pull the trigger. But don't justify it with that. You know, the other thing that I hate the most, uh, I, I really hate hearing, well, he ain't the biggest deer, but 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 he's a trophy mm. to me. You ain't got to justify <laughs> that shit, man. If he's a trophy to you, he's a freaking trophy to you. That's it. Yeah, that's but at it. the same time, you kill that spike. Mm. I don't want to hear you bitching about how you ain't got no nice deer on your property. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a that's a whole. I, I say that all the time too. I've said that on this podcast numerous times. If you shoot the first deer that walks out, you cannot shoot the first. You know, every deer you see, or say shoot every buck you see, and then turn around in the next breath and say, "Man, we never have any good bucks on this place." Yeah. I, really? Yeah. I so, wonder why. So I'm I'm pretty passionate about this. I have. Um, you know, my, my family has the farm in Louisiana and that's, you know, the, the only place that I private land on is over Christmas when I go back home. And, uh, we have some neighbors that only rifle hunt and they will shoot anything that has fur on it. That's right. And, and it, it burns me up because we will have deer on our property and they'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see them on camera. We'll watch them all year and for multiple years and they'll stay on our property and then you know they start looking halfway decent you know small eight points and they walk over on you know on the on the neighbor's property and and boom it's over and and they sit there and tell us that they don't shoot small deer and then we'll catch them running down a road with a spike on the back of a four-wheeler i mean i caught one guy this year with a spike on the back of the four-wheeler that fit on the back of the four like all its entire body including its head was on the four i mean it's tiny 50 pounds and it just yeah, and, and then these guys, you know, complain about not having big deer in South Louisiana. It's what you idiots, you don't let them grow, that's you know. Right. And that and that's fine if you want to shoot them, but don't you don't you dare sit there and say that you know you, you don't have big deer because of whatever reason, because it's the swamp or because they don't have right nutrition and whatever. When you're shooting anything that you see, yeah, you know, well, I, you I, can I'm nutrition really a deer passionate. all you want to, but if he never gets past two and a half, he never grows any big antlers. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, if you listen to um, 
the Mississippi Deer Lab, which like I say, I'll, I'll th- shout those dudes out because if you want to learn about deer management, man, that podcast is probably the best freaking source of information you'll ever get. Real quick, it's real easy. They have proven. Matter of fact, I'll give you one. You can go back and listen to this podcast. Um, the the what's Seth? What's the name of the two guys who run the who run, Bronson is one of them. Damaris is the other. Is that right? Yeah, Bronson Strickland, and then Damaris, right? Steve yes. Damaris. All right. Yes. They ran a study a few years ago. All right, so there's it's it's always been said there's three kinds of deer in Mississippi, right? You got the Delta deer up there around the Mississippi Delta. You got the Piney Woods deer, like the deer we have, and then you have the Gulf Coast deer, right? And they mm-hmm. ran this study, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it short and sweet. You can go back and listen to the podcast and, and hear the full thing. So they said, okay, here's what we want to do. We want to see if we change new if, if by just nutrition and age we can make the Gulf Coast deer as big as the as the Delta deer. Everybody said they're I genetically they're genetic you read that? They're genetically I read different. That study. They're yep. genetically different. You'll never do it. In was it three years, three generations or four generations? The Gulf Coast deer were just as big as the Delta deer. Yep. Age and oh. nutrition is what it took to get those deer just as big. Yep. Yeah, I believe, I believe that 100%. Yeah, I mean, we we killed one. Of course, it was a guy that doesn't. Uh, you're gone. Come back. Come back to me. <laughs> you're gone. Hey, Carlin. He'll be back in a second. In the meantime. Yeah, Seth, I remember hearing, hearing about him doing that. We've never even there seen you are. that big. Okay, Carlin. So you were gone yeah. for like 15 seconds. Like gone. Uh, sorry. It's okay. No, you're good. It ain't, you ain't doing nothing wrong. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Internet connection can be point. unstable sometimes. So you said, so just start the whole thing over. The easiest thing to do. Who came, who came from out of town and uh, had, had never hunted our property, whatever. Obviously, we've been hunting it our entire lives. He ended up shooting a deer that was the biggest deer that we've ever had on our property by a mile and i can only imagine that he was just smart enough to stay hidden or whatever but he was in the 150s the biggest thing we've ever killed on our property and that was in south louisiana yeah that was in south louisiana he killed a 150 in south giant down there absolute giant oh yeah and and he was nice enough to let us keep it at our house and mount it on a you know in our in our hunting cabin but uh you know i mean it how that deer got so big i can only imagine that he just lived that long that's right um and and, and somehow you know just n- nobody came across him but he was an absolute giant and we still have never even seen a deer that has come close to that but it's proof that just that that the genetic potential is there for for a deer to absolutely. grow that size. yeah absolutely you know, age and oh. nutrition so yeah they, they only need really three things you know they need adequate cover to hide in so they can get age they need age and then they need the nutrition for their bodies because if you don't know this, I mean, I don't like to, I know I do sometimes, but I don't like to talk to people like they're stupid, even though I know I do it sometimes. But if you don't know, like, the basis of deer management and deer nutrition, a deer's body has requirements for X amount of nutrition. And then once those nutritional demands are met, everything else goes to antler development. So if he's not meeting his nutritional demands for his body, he'll never meet his antler de- potential. And that comes yep. again. Go listen to go listen to Damaris and Strickland, and and listen to what they have to say. That's the, that's the truth. That's why two year olds don't generally grow massive antlers because their bodies are still. That's why they look like does, you know. Yeah, so, their bodies are still growing. Their so bodies are the, still growing, you know. Even at a three year old, perfect sense. You know, even mm-hmm. a three year old, his body yeah. is just now getting to a maturity state, you know. 
So his antlers can't be complete. So that's why you see deer reaching their full antler potential at five, six, seven years old, you know, and older, because now their body doesn't require the nutritional requirements for skeletal and muscular development. And now the, now there's more excess in other words, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of like me, mm-hmm. you know, my body requires a plate of food every night to maintain my physique. Right. But if I feed it two plates of food every night, the excess is converted to fat, which is why I'm as round as I am tall. I mean, it just, yeah, you know, it, Cliff, uh, it makes it makes perfect sense. And, um, you know, I mean, in South Louisiana, what I think of is, I mean, we have so many acorns. I mean, we have nothing but. Oak oh, trees. yeah, we got plenty of it. We had a bad we had a bumper acorn crop this year for sure. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Messed up the deer I mean, hunting. I mean, honest to God, too many acorns on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we don't, you know, we, we don't, we don't really plant much just because we have so many pigs that if we plant corn, it's pretty much useless. Um, they, you know, they, they tear it all down before it can husk out. But, um, you know, you, the, the nutrition is there, you know, you got, you got tons of acorns. Um, we do plant, you know, some, some rye and clover and things like that. For well, them. nutrition um, in the summer so, is different than nutrition in the winter too. Big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Carla, not to be too nosy, but what what area are you hunting in Louisiana? Uh, so we're we're uh, our our farm is in Braithwaite, Louisiana, which is um, south of New Orleans. It's uh, it's pretty pretty down, pretty far down there. So how far are you uh, from say Thibodeau? If I said Thibodeau or Homa, whichever most everybody knows. Uh, Homa's so Homa's closer. Uh, my half brother lives in Homa, and Homa's about um, an hour hour and fifteen west of us. So if, okay. if you, if, if you, you know, look at a map of Louisiana and, you know, obviously it's shaped like a boot, uh, the toe of the boot that reaches out into the Gulf of Mexico, um, where the Mississippi runs down that toe of the boot, we're on that toe. Um, so you're on close to like Bell Chase and Venice? Uh, that's exactly, I'm, I'm literally right across the river from Bell Chase. So you're hunting basically coastal marsh deer. Pretty, pretty much. I mean, we're, we, we have, so we're on the inside of the levee system. So, I mean, yeah, it is, it is marshy, but we do have, you know, some, some good plots of hardwoods, some, some big areas of hardwoods. Right. So, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, you know, like I said, that, that deer was, that 150 deer was, you know, one, I, I would assume one in a million, cause we have yet to see one that big. Um, you know, I mean, I, I killed one in the, in the one thirties and, I think that's the biggest one that, that's, uh, you know, besides that, that, that 150, that's the biggest one we killed there. Yeah. That's uh, you know, down here in the coastal marsh, I think where I hunt area 10, I think they could, they absolutely have the potential. They just don't have the food. We don't have acorns in the marsh and they got a few, uh, I don't know what you, I guess, uh, live oaks, the real bitter mm-hmm. acorns, the ones that turn black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they just don't have the food source. They mostly are, you know, feeding on marsh grass. Uh, but there has been some really good deer, even though, you know, that's the case. There's been some, you know, there's been some 130s killed down here along the coast. And uh, they have the potential. And I, I, I got a buddy who's hunting some public marsh. Uh, not the same I'm hunting, but it's the same terrain. And he's got a picture of a deer. And my goodness, it is. He is a freaking stud. If he'd have told me that deer was on that property, I'd have never believed. You know absolutely yeah and it just goes to show you know whenever somebody kills a deer like that actually a guy killed one in venice a couple of years ago that was that was really big i mean it wasn't wasn't a 150 but i want to say it was like in the 130s um in in venice of all places which is pretty much 
nothing but marsh. Into um, the world right there. Yeah, no, into the world. You, you aren't the guy well, on the you. jet ski hunt, no? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I know I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh, my God. Um, Y'all know that guy? Of a nice <laughs> well, no, I mean, I know of him. I know some people is, that know Is that him, how he accessed his property? Is that what he was doing? He's using a jet ski to access his, his hunting area? Well, from from what I heard, he was hunting all of Venice on on a jet ski. I don't I don't really know the full story, but um, we need to get him you know, on. Venice, he ought, that yeah, ought to be Ven- funny. Venice is an area that just has no laws. I mean, anything kind of goes out there. There's you know, there's there's no police. Maybe down we there. don't need there's to nothing. have him on. Then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they so one of the one of the big stories in Venice now are these guys. I don't know if y'all heard about the guy that shot the water buffalo out there. Mm-mm. No, mm. so no, I heard got, that. So it just just goes to show what kind of people I'm dealing with on our property. So these these guys go and shoot this water buffalo down in Venice, and everybody knew about the water. What buffalo. was it? Escaped from like a pen or something? No, nah, I think it was somebody's, pretty much somebody's pet. Um, they 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 let it out there because there used to be cattle down in Venice. As oh yeah, to I know that. Yeah, yeah, there used to be cattle down there. Cattle and, and horses. Uh, yeah, and so I guess one of those guys also let out a water buffalo, bought it somewhere. I don't know, but basically everybody knew. Like an Asian water buffalo, buffalo or an African? Uh, yeah, Asian? I'm pretty sure it was an Asian. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, you know, um, everybody kind of knew. You'd see it on the way down to go offshore fishing, whatever. Like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a water buffalo, whatever. Everybody knew it was kind of a domestic animal. Well, these guys go and, you know, decide to make a little hunting show out of it and shoot the water buffalo and uh you know pissed off a lot of people and uh, the wildlife so. and fisheries got got wind of it and they they got some heat on them and whatever well those guys are the guys that are hunting the property right next to mine um and so just just to you know well, show you, you just what, need what, an eight foot fence and just not worry just just fence that one side just well, that one well, side with an eight foot fence. Oh, uh, we've we've already thought about that the problem with that is we're in such a bad flood zone yeah you can't insure fence and sure so you, you know, might be replacing it, it every year, right? Ex- exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, we've we've already you know looked into that, and there's just there's no uh, well, you know there's no stopping them. Just go to the barber shop and collect hair, and run you about a ten foot wide swath all the way down their property line, just inside your property <laughs> line. Actually, <you> know? Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, that could work. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I mean, look, I mean, so I grew up. Um, I don't know. To, to be polite, I grew up with um, a bunch of poachers. I, we'll just put it like that. I grew up with guys who absolutely had zero respect for the law or the game laws or anything. You know, so I grew up. It was normal to shoot deer at night. I mean, and I'm not bragging about that. I'm I'm not. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I grew up. It was normal. That was and that was like a rite of passage to shoot your first deer at night. You know. Um, I won't name names or anything, but I'm just telling you, that's just, it's, it's people who live in the Northern part of the U S look, look at us rednecks is like, you know, how can you do that? Well, I mean, shit, these guys freaking shot deer to feed their families. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a different story. Well, yeah. But I mean, at at the end of the day, that's just the way they looked at it, you know? So Mm -hmm. you, you can't. You can't live in a major metropolitan area like Chicago or Pen- or Pittsburgh or or wherever, and then look at at, at a redneck from South Louisiana who shot a freaking deer to to you know because that's what they do and that's how they feed the kids, you know. 
Um, you got to take yeah. it with a grain of salt. You got to understand. I'm not justifying yeah. poaching. Don't get me wrong. Let me, let me clarify that with everybody who will ever listen to right. this. I'm not justifying poaching animals. I'm just saying I grew up in a part of the country that that was a standard thing to shoot bull-eye rabbits at night. Man, we'd go out at night when I was a freaking teenager and shoot rabbits all damn night long. I'm not justifying and saying it was the right thing to do. I'm just telling you that was part of life. That's what you did, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You, my grandfather used to, like, people would come over and visit my grandfather, and he would literally say, hey, you want a rabbit to take home? And they're like, oh, yeah, I love rabbit. CJ, go out there and shoot him a rabbit. To- <laughs> I'm, I, I'm so, eight years old. He'd go out there and shoot him a rabbit. And I'd go mm-hmm. out there and shoot him a rabbit with a twenty two and freaking skin it and give it to him, and they'd take it home with them. Part of how we grew up. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. I'm just saying it's the way we grew up. Yeah. So, right so speaking of, of, of Northerners, this might be a good topic for a pod, another podcast. But, um, you know, I was doing some research, and I can't remember what state it is. I want to say it's it's Maryland, maybe Connecticut. I'll have to do some research on it. Um, but I know I saw it last year. And they have a state up in the Northeast that season runs all the way into, like, late March. Um, Holy crap. Which I, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like a six-month season. It's pretty crazy. Um, well, they must not have enough deer I, hunters to keep the herd under, under yeah, control. Yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what it is. I think they've got, you know, crazy deer numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe a topic for another road podcast. Trip. But, road trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we need Nicholas back. We need we need Nicholas back on here. Yeah, we need to get Nick back up on here. Yeah. But, hey, that sounds like a road trip, right? I mean, look, yeah, absolutely. about about two months after deer season, we're all feeling that itch, you know? Mm-hmm. So it might be, might be time for a road trip. Go up there about in March and shoot us a couple of deer. Yep. yep. So you yeah, never in, know. In January, I'm, I'm usually tired of it. And then yeah, it, gets, it takes me about a month. And I'm you ever, you ever notice how, it. like, at the end of January, I, I don't know about y'all, I, I hunt like so – of course, October one comes around, right? First weekend of deer season, dude. I'm gonna be in the woods. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if my skin is melting off my body. I'm going in the deer woods. Yeah, that's me. I September fifteenth. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going in the deer woods. I'm gonna hunt. I'm gonna hunt, and then all of a sudden, like you know, when when it's super hot and the deer movement's really bad, like mid October, during that, I get they call it the October lull. I don't know. It may be that they, you know, I'm not going to say you have one or you don't have one in Mississippi. I think you have one. Really, you have one in November, not in October. Um, yeah, ours, yeah, I feel like mine's in November too. Yeah, but and again, yeah. so remember everything in Miss, everything in the dirty South is about a month behind what happens in the North, right? Mm-hmm. Just about everything's about a month behind. Yeah. So we have our lull, but but I mean honestly, about the the last you know the, the the last couple of weeks of October, it's stupid stupid hot. Deer movement's not great. I may take a couple of a days, or you know, may take a weekend off here and there, but I'm going to hunt in November. And then I'm going to hunt pretty hard in December. And then, honest to God, the week between Christmas and New Year's and about the second, the first two weeks of January, I'm going to hunt like a stupid person. I mean, I hunt like a madman. <coughs> Dude, I, I work for myself. But if, you, if you're trying to call me the first week of January, you're probably getting my voicemail. I'm hunting. I mean, I'm hunting. But then, all of a sudden, man, I'm just tired. And it yep. gets harder and harder to get motivated to go. And that's what I was getting at. I know I took a, a, a hundred miles to get to it. But did everybody find, did anybody else find that like when you get to like the second week of January, I just get tired? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's yep. been two weeks since season closed for me. Like it closed February 15th. But, you know, this past week I went squirrel hunting. But like, I'm honestly missing it. Like I'm depressed. Like I'm. Oh, yeah. 
you know, I like I'm wanting it to be back. Like my bow's still in my front seat, and I look at them every day and talk to it. You know, just <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of them things. I was kind of like on a girl, you know. Just, oh baby, I'm so play. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you got to tell her, like, hey, you know, we got a tournament coming up, so I'll get to shoot you, you know? You know, it's oh, kind of yeah. like. Yeah, I'm looking forward just, to 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm depressed. Like, honestly, I miss it. I mean, I'm still feeding. I'm still pro- I'll protein. Yep. Whatever they drop. But, I mean, other than that, I, like, I miss it. But Yeah, I, I feed I, up. I, I never December, stopped feeding my deer. Yeah, December. I'm like, me, it's December. Around beginning December, like, I'm just, like, burnt out. You know, I kind of wait for the. Uh, split of duck season then i'll go chase some ducks around and then i get a couple feel of that and i'm like all right time to go sit back in a tree yeah well for, i mean for yeah. me it's go ahead for, for me it's rifle season when rifle season starts especially yeah since since up here i, I well i do have a lease in kentucky but um you know in, in tennessee and and i try to challenge myself a little bit and, and stick with public for the most part and um, you know, when rifle season starts, I just, I'm just like, man, I'm out of here. And it's not even so much a safety thing, although, yeah, I mean, that's always in the back of my mind, but it's just the thought that like, you know, I've been chasing this deer with a bow and arrow for two months. And then some clown dressed up in an orange suit is going to blast a deer <laughs> from 300 yards away. Who plopped you know, down just, at the first just, tree he came to. Yeah. Just, it, it just, Cracked it just, cold just <laughs> me all out of here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that too. You know, I mean, it's crazy because like some of the biggest deer in the world ever killed are that guy who walked out there the first time and just plopped down at a tree, you know, or sat down on the ground. Yeah, cracked, cracked a cold yeah, beer, cracked a cold I mean, beer, that, lit that, a cigarette, and a freaking you know two hundred and ninety inch deer walked up. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly what happened to the big deer on uh, on our property in Louisiana. I mean, this guy shot it with a rifle, and it was his first time ever out on our property. You know. Yeah. Um, so it just, you know, it is say, what it is. I mean, but. I can't say much. At, at like 23 or 24 years old, before I went strictly bow hunting only, um, I shot a big 11-point um, with a rifle with a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. So, yeah, I was one of those guys <laughs> at one time, you know. <laughs> it yeah. happens oh, yeah, to me you. too. Me too, definitely. You know, it happens yeah. to us. It happens to us all, I think, right? Except for Seth, who has a unlimited hunting season in Texas. So he doesn't have any issues like we have. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt, but you know I gotta do it. This is Cliff, Tom Smith Landon Holmes, here to tell you that if you are looking to buy or sell in Mississippi or Louisiana, I am the guy for you. Give me a call, 601-990-5070, or on my cell phone, 601-565-1070. And remember, if you expect more, you will get more. Well, it's, 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 yeah. In different categories, yeah. <laughs> but it's you know what's funny, like you said, you do you do get burnout. Uh, I was kind of thinking about that. You do get burnout, but it, that's just in spurts, and all it takes is a little one or two week lull, and you're just just like right now, man. You're I was yeah. out today. I was out today collecting cameras and scouting, and it's just like, damn it, if I had in one extra week. But yeah, I do get to chase hogs around chase exotics if you have some place to go you can you can find a season for everything just about around here and hogs is never ending so yeah that's the, that's the fantastic mm-hmm. thing about it is that you know and of course we have hogs that are never ending here i know hunter and chris y'all have hogs you know you got plenty of hogs down there it ain't it ain't like you're you know hurting for them so oh. you got plenty of places to hunt yeah. but man them son of a guns are smart I, they I, are I'll be honest with you they're I smart do not 
I do not see a lot of pigs down here. Um, yeah. I hear them a lot, like especially in that marsh I hunt, which we and that's what pisses me off. I wish, and I know it's you know they don't want to disturb the deer or people outlawing the deer out of season or whatever, but I wish they would open up at least a month or two after the season closes up, or you know in the middle of summer to try to take some of these hogs out. So, um, what is the Louisiana? So, what's yeah, the Louisiana what the hog season? I don't know what it is for down there. I know what it is for here. I know Seth is like uh, just shoot whatever. They don't care. But what is, what is the rules down there for Louisiana? A private land, you could you can hunt pigs at any time. But public land, mm-hmm. now I think some public uh, like WMAs, you know. Uh, but most of the property I hunt is national wildlife refuges. So. You can't, or at least what's close by me that I, you know, would like to hunt. You can't be in there. Uh, like it closes for duck season. Like once, you know, it's only open. I get October first to like the second weekend of November, and once duck season opens, I, that's it. You're 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 not allowed to go back on that property till October first of the next year. You know, to do any kind of hunting unless mm. you're duck hunting. Yeah. Um, um, hogs for private land. I know uh, our lovely um, Bobby Boucher's daddy's governor. Um, <laughs> he uh, he did sign a law, pass a law. I think it was either last year or was in play last year, and I think he signed it this year. As far as uh, on private land, you can now shoot pigs. I mean, you can shoot pigs at night, even after you know when it wasn't deer season, but now. During deer season, you're allowed to shoot. You're, you can uh, shoot um, pigs at night during deer season, but you have to let your sheriffs know what you're doing, when you're doing it, and where you're doing. Well, you know why? To a me, lot that's of those, just a big. That's just yeah. a big red flag for old green jeans to come pull up. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a I lot mean, of that stems back to the the uh, horrible outlaws that, that grew up in South Louisiana that I was raised by, um, who shot everything they saw and didn't care what it was. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. But, you know, um, so in Mississippi, the, the laws are um, – I don't know about private. I mean, I know private. You can hunt them anytime, anyway. Um, I don't know if Mississippi has changed the law for public land or not because I don't hunt pigs on public. I don't think they But have. at one time, I think my understanding of the law right now is you can only hunt pigs – on public land like the Homochitta National Forest during an open deer during an open season and only with a weapon that is applicable to that season. So if it's turkey season, you can hunt them with a freaking load of four shot. Makes no yeah. damn sense to me. Mm-hmm. Here's the reason it makes no sense to me. I get they're worried about people shooting their deer. I, I understand that. But I know there's a place um, not too far from me called Round Top. We're, we're going to leave it Round Top. Anybody who's local will know where Round Top is. Five years ago, ten years ago, there was no hogs at all. Now, that place has got more hogs than it does deer. It's national forest property, government government woods. It's got more hogs than it does deer. Why? Because they don't let you hunt hogs. Well, a freaking hog sow will have 15 freaking littles three times a year, which means that her babies will have at least two that year also each of them 10 to 15 you can't kill hogs fast enough that's why texas is where they are now they learned a very valuable lesson about regulating hog hunting and now they're out of control you know so 
So what's interesting is Kentucky's now having to go through this, the, the, an area called land between the lakes, apparently. How big is that, Carlin? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Big Um, place. Yeah. yeah, very big place. Bradley so, had to leave, so he obviously got a call because he was on duty tonight. So I saw he I, checked out a little while ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he checked out a while ago. But um, so you know, I, I got I got super fortunate. I didn't even know what Land Between the Lakes was when I moved to Tennessee and ended up meeting a girl and marrying her. And her lake house is on Kentucky Lake, which is. Uh, right across uh, the lake uh, from Land Between the Lakes. I've been there. So, yeah, I've super, been there. super lucky me. Man, I, I just take the boat right across and hunt it, but it is huge. And, you know, I've never seen a pig there, but from what I'm here, he's regulating it. And, like, just what I know from Louisiana and the problems that we have, like, you know, everybody knows how, how fast they reproduce and all that stuff. I mean, it's like, man, you're, you're digging yourself in a deeper hole by not allowing people – to hunt them any way that they can be killed. I'm um, honest to God, you're you right. Know, I think Texas in, is a in my classic opinion. case. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Texas I, had I, some pretty stringent rules I mean, about opinion, hog hunting for a long time. I mean, they, they need to start, yeah. you know, just, you know, using tax. If you're not okay with, with, you know, the general public doing it, then get the park rangers out there to do it. Or, Put some tax or develop some you know, kind of, or, or you know what, develop some money. kind of a program where if you want to hunt, like, fine, I got to go get a special license or I've got to go exhibit my, my, mm-hmm. my ability to shoot, you know, at night or whatever, do whatever you got to do to get some kind of a permit. Because here's what's going to happen. Texas is a proof of it. Louisiana's proof of it. Mississippi is becoming proof of it. If you try to regulate hunting because you're scared they're going to shoot your deer at night, hogs are going to take over the southeast. Oh, they're doing it in the marsh down here. I tell you mm-hmm. what, it's it's bad. And I mean, I it's how, crazy. I, I don't know how the so, deer are in y'all's neck of the woods, but like they'll leave. You know, I hunt some. I hunt some. Yep. I hunt some property and you know along the Mississippi River bottom, and I will find deer tracks and pick tracks together. Well, in the marsh down here where I hunt. In fact, my brother actually killed the first pig ever known of in this piece of property years ago, uh, probably, I don't know, less than 10 years ago. But now, I mean, there are so many pigs out there. And when you find pig sign, you will not find a deer track. Deer elite. Nope. They don't mix. No, they, they'll, they push, don't they'll push them out. That's exactly right. Pigs will push the they deer don't. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's made it really hard to, you know, where, when I had really good spots to deer hunt, you know, I got to go and freaking eliminate, uh, well, is there pigs in here now? And, you know, for a long time, we didn't have to deal with that. We didn't have pigs in there. Yep. So, so I, I, I saw it not too long ago. I think it was last summer. I, may, I think maybe it was from last year. And it was somebody from, it was from Iowa. And they actually saw a feral hog when they were on stand. So take that from what it's worth, assuming they're, Telling the truth about their location, they saw a feral, and it has some feral in it. It wasn't it wasn't totally domesticated, and they just tickled to death that they saw it, and they just you know they just I never seen one before, and they just thought it, and I was just over here beside myself that they just thought it was funny, and they thought it was yeah cool, yeah in the and Midwest, they and they didn't kill it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I was like, you don't know what you're I, doing because because I feel. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that for especially any any type of location, let alone someplace like Iowa. But, you know, he talking about the marsh. Um, back during Ike, you know, I lived down here on the Gulf Coast, and uh, 
when we had a major flooding come in, we had uh, down here on the on the coastal regions within you know five six miles of the coast. When when the waters receded, the waters went over I ten, and when the waters receded, the hog the dead hogs they had to bulldoze them into piles on on Interstate ten. And I saw them, I was working for the county at the time a long time ago. I'm talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of piles of wild hogs, and they they bulldozed them into a pile that was probably 40 or 50 foot high, and it was like yard grass about every mile or two where they piled them up. Holy shit. And they either had to haul them off, or if they were close to the river, they actually pushed them off in the Trinity River, just dumped them right over the side. Now, I mean, I'm talking about mountains of pigs, and it was just, it was surreal to see that many pigs get pushed up and drown out of the marsh and off the coast and uh yeah they were on i-10 like leaf litter just 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 bulldozing them up tractors i'll never forget the sight watching you know two three hundred hogs get pushed over into the trinity river just dead and it was like and people people almost almost like thank god but <laughs> well, you know the thing is, people well, are going to hear was, this podcast and they're going to be like, "You got to be kidding me!" Nah, bullshit. But you have no idea how many hogs are no. in. So for every hog you see, there's probably a hundred and fifty in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. I seen a thing one time. They said that. Um, yeah, and, well, and you were you were two. Go ahead. Two. Um, you can take two hogs, a boar and a sow. In two years, those two will be three hundred. In two years, two two bull, a boar and a sow will produce through through their generation yeah. through their offspring will produce three hundred pigs. Those two will be three hundred pigs in, in two, two years. years. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Go ahead, Seth. Yeah, and you and and you were spot on, Cliff, with that with that with those uh, breeding rates. It's yeah, twice a year, anywhere from eight to fifteen per litter. And then piglets, uh, before they're before they three months old or yeah, six months old, they, they can, can breed. Get pregnant. Yeah, it's six yeah. months. Is it six months yeah. they six, can breed? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then she that's can scary. have eight or fifteen. And then in mm-hmm. six months, she. Yeah. You just. I mean, let's just say you had fifteen. You had. You had. You know, eight eight males and 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 seven females. And then those seven females grow up, and in six months, each of them produce eight more. Yep. You know, I mean. It's numbers. You yeah. can't control those numbers. That's why Texas literally has declared war on pigs. You know, yeah. they, they've declared war on. And pigs. you know, I think it was a uh, was it Chris or Hunter was talking about the counties. I went back and double checked, and it actually is over by uh, College Station. It's, it's Hayes yeah. and uh, Burleson County. I think is somewhere Doing over the bounty there. Five dollars a little. Yeah, five dollars a tail. Those are the first two counties to do it, and uh, it's just interesting that it's it's them, but. Those are pristine counties. They have a little bit more agriculture out there, and uh, you know the landscape is right. But yeah, you you were right on that. I thought it was more around the big thicket. I think they're about to get there, but it was interesting that it, that they were the first two well, counties. Well, I do mean, it. that just yeah, tells you how, where the problem got. is. When you're to the they're point paying. now that the state is paying you to kill pigs, they're making it they're making it yeah. actually financially viable for you to yep. go out and kill pigs at night. Yep. You know, you got a problem, and if if Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee—if they don't figure out that if you don't get ahead of this problem, you will be—you will be behind forever. Texas is the classic case of if you don't get ahead of it, you will be behind it forever. It just is what it is. But 
Mississippi's too damn worried that you might freaking poach one of their deer at night. Oh, we yeah. got freaking more deer than every other state except Texas. You can't hurt our deer population. There ain't enough people out there to hurt our deer population. And I promise and I, you, the insurance companies will be happy with you. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think, you know, uh, you know what, what you were saying about a programming, that's what I was going to bring up earlier is, you know, the five dollars that a couple years ago, you know, you had to apply for a special permit and you could shoot nutrients within the city limits. Yeah. Um, and you and you would get paid five dollars a tail. I don't understand why they wouldn't do something like yeah. that with pigs. You know, highly, well, they're still doing that down there in your area, ain't they? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, uh, Nutris. Yeah, they have the Well, you have yeah, to. Yeah, they had the Nutri at around the rodeo not too long ago. Yeah, that was uh, two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, the state of Mississippi has reckoned, or Louisiana has recognized that if they don't do something with that Nutri rat population, it's going to get out of control. Yeah. They pay you to control that population. You better get on board with the pig population, or we're just going to be just like Texas. I mean, they're all over. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all over us. My my neighbor oh, yeah. lives right across the street. Freaking pigs everywhere, you know. By, behind the house in the national forest, pigs everywhere, you know. And they will push the deer. Here's the problem yep. for me as a deer hunter: they push the deer out of the area. Yeah. When hogs take yep. over, deer will leave because they will <clears throat> not stand up to that kind of pressure. I had one yep. trail camera last year. I had yep. hogs on it in the national forest, and I did deer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. In certain parts, you'll have more. I hunted if you're down around the river. Well, I mean, never seen a deer or a hog. (laughs) The thing about hogs is, here's the problem with them: they're smarter than your dog. Yeah, got a better sense of smell and a better sense of hearing than your dog. The only thing you got going for you is their eyesight's a little suspect. About half blind. I want to say a hog is, if, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the smartest animals in North absolutely. America. Absolutely, it's absolutely. Yeah, they're they're pretty smart, um, you know. But but to to speak to their aggressiveness, you know, and I'm sure y'all have seen this before too. But um, you know, with with the feeders, I've seen does at feeders before, and the pigs will come out and chase them off the feeder. Yeah, I've, that's what I'm saying. Pigs will move the deer out of an area mm-hmm. because the deer are, you know, I've seen coons. Run a deer off a freaking feeder. What you think a three hundred pound boar hog is going to do? Yeah, and you know Texas, Texas big bait state, right? If you ain't baiting, you're waiting. So if you ain't baiting, uh, you're waiting. That should be your catchphrase, <laughs> dude. That should be your catchphrase. That is look, just fantastic, man. Love I, that. So, and, and Texas being that way, I mean that's that's almost a cultural thing. You sit in a box blind on a pipeline, you throw your feeder out there. Yep, so or you waiting, feed the Sendero as you go, yeah, right? You're, you're, you know, you're waiting on Mister Big. So it, it was, it was the perfect storm for hogs because, and it was the same the last. Um, every, everybody. I mean, the only way to hunt was to run a feeder at the time. And sure. Every feeder. I mean, I. It's just. It's like clockwork. I mean, the pigs will come at prime time just like deer will. They'll come right after daylight. They'll come right before dark. And if they're there, the deer are not. And that's, that is plain and simple. And you can set your clock by that. And they, they will absolutely, you know, come in and just mud up, stink up. And deer, and they just don't want to be near them. That's I mean, exactly it, right. you'll get pictures all the time yeah. of a deer kind of passing through. They're catching a little nibble. Next thing you know, you get a blank picture, nothing there, and then there's 22 hogs there. 
and the deer won't come back. Not for a while. I mean, they don't mingle. And and yeah. Texas and it's it was oh man, it was and that's and that's and that's the nature it still is right now. Nobody's really any different over here. You know, so. I think I got oh, go ahead. But, I think I got uh ghetto deer. I really did because I've seen does <laughs> Paul at a freaking now when you get a group of them come in, they'll trot off but they'll feed further down the food plot, leave them alone, give them their space. Yeah. But I have seen on camera and in on person, I was about to, you know, release a nair on a hog. Next thing I know, a doe comes running out and Paul at at one of the sows off the off the corn. <laughs> and well, I honestly just let that doe walk. I was she, like, you know, look, what? if she you got the balls to do that, she she deserves to <laughs> live, right? Yeah. And, and I, you know, good young, mature, not young mature, but like good young bucks that are. Eating 10, 15 yards from a pigs. I, like I said, I got ghetto deer, I guess. Well, you may. Yeah. I mean, it's they you know, ain't about that life. I guess. I would say this, that I, <laughs> I would think that that what's at some point in time they have to learn to coexist. You know, but in, in it yeah. depends on the and I would think that it probably depends a lot on the aggressiveness of the pig. Seth, having more experience yeah. with hogs than anybody, yeah. will probably can speak to this. If your pigs, like I've seen, I've literally got video evidence. You know how you shoot video at your feeder. I've got video evidence of a boar coon running a freaking deer off of a freaking feeder. He was just aggressive. Oh, yeah. It was his damn feeder, and he wasn't sharing it with them freaking deer. And he yeah. he literally kept those does and that young buck away from that feeder while he ate the corn. It's not in a deer's nature to fight for food. They'll just move on to the yeah. next thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So right. if you like have you said, a really aggressive deer, I think that it, 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 you know, a really aggressive hogs, I think that it affects the way the deer move. Oh, it, yeah, certainly. Like you said, it, they, they, they'll they go, like you said, they will coexist to a degree, but they don't prefer it that way. Absolutely. Sure. And, well, that's uh, like deer and, deer and horses and, yeah, don't necessarily prefer each other either, you know? You go look at a horse pasture, sure. you don't see a lot of deer in it. They don't like to get around each other. Uh, something I've thought about a little little bit off topic. You know, I can't help but wonder how many how many fawns get killed or eaten by pigs. Uh, that a, number's high. Years. I can promise you that number's high. Or I mean, well, it depends the, on where you are, but I mean they have documented evidence that pigs will predate will predate or predators will say because I don't say that shit word that word right. Hogs are <laughs> hogs will be predators to deer fawns, snakes. Mm -hmm. I mean anything they they'll eat it whatever they run across. Yeah, basically yeah, I've, I've, whatever a hog finds he'll eat it. Yeah, they eat anything. So I've got something interesting on that note. So we uh, you know we go tuna fishing a lot and um, we would take the tuna tails and just dump them in the woods after we you know after we cleaned them. And we started noticing they all went missing. And so we decided to hang a camera up and they would eat the sickles. They would eat the bones. They would eat everything off the tuna. Um, and it was pigs coming in and eating, eating everything. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, they're kind of an op opportunistic feeder. They'll, they'll eat pretty much anything they can run across. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a catfish with legs. Right. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll typically take whatever they can get. I know we always take pumpkins out to them after Thanksgiving. I mean, a lot of time when we'll take a, 
I know my uncle, he, uh, when he'll, he'll slaughter beef or something for a while. And if he has a couple, two or three year old beef, we'll take it out and try to try to do some coyote hunting with it. Usually the pigs get it up before we can get to coyotes. Cause they're so, yeah, they're just, uh, there's, you know, you've heard some, some horror stories about what pigs will eat before, but they're gnarly, man. And not not very friendly. I mean, I'm sure some of y'all have had some experiences with uh, pissed off pissed off pigs. I've been treed a few times. I can tell you that. Yeah, I've been around <laughs> a few pigs that like. I and I remember in Texas, and this has been a long time ago because, of course, I'm old, so I have a lot of old memories. Um, Seth, you, I don't know, you're probably a little bit too far away. The uh, sort of uh, on the 35 corridor, there's a, there's a place called Granger Wildlife Management Area. You familiar with it? I am. I'm hope I'm right. trying to draw there for a little while. Okay, so it's a draw now. <laughs> All right, so let me tell you, Granger Wildlife Management Area. When I was stationed at Fort Hood, uh, this was in '93 to between '93 and '95, you could go down there and you could hog hunt with a bow and arrow all year long. So we would go down there every, I mean, literally every other weekend for sure. Uh, a group of eight or ten of us, we would go down there and we would like. The, the place is set up where you could, like, we would make pushes and drives and try to shoot, um, and try to, and, and try to shoot a hog. Um, so we would go down there all the time. This is a great story. My wife will tell you this is a fantastic story because I almost got, almost got divorced and I wasn't even married a year. Um, so I went down there, um, by myself. I went down there one weekend and nobody else could go. So I go down there and I'm, and I'm hog hunting. I'm way in the back. Well, actually, no, this was a, this was before then. So that's a different story. Remind me, I'll tell you that story too. That's a little bit different. But anyway, so I went down there and I, and, and I was uh, stalking around this, uh, in, in this swampy area down a, around the river or around the uh, lake or whatever. I think I was on the riverside because a river runs into it. And um, I saw this hog come, you know, I, I bust up these hogs and they sort of didn't know what happened. They ran out there about 20 yards and they're milling around and this 100 pound pigs, 125 pound pigs standing there make a shot, freaking kill, shoot him. Um, I, I, of course, that was way before range finders. I judged him at like 25. He was probably more like 20. I freaking broke his back, he, and he broke down right there. And I always carry – I still have this knife that I carry with me um, from, from ranger school. And I run over to him and literally just – I mean, I literally just stabbed him in right behind the shoulder, sort of pinned him down, and then I knock another arrow. And I hear something behind me, and I look, and there's a sow coming out with some piglets. And she come out right behind me. She saw me. She turned and went back in the, in the thicket. Well, this freaking boar hog comes out. And when I tell you, he stopped at 15 yards. I was at full draw. I'll never forget this. I'm at full draw. I pull out on him. He, I mean, he's big. I don't know how big he was. He was big. And he stops, and he sort of swings his head at me. And I can just see him looking at me. And I'm literally 15, 20 yards from him, and I'm at full draw. And I thought to myself, if I shoot him, can I get to a tree before he can get to me? <laughs> I ain't never seen a pig that big in my entire freaking life. But I decided not to shoot him. So he, I let him run off. I, I mean, he, he, he froze me up. He, he really did. Um, that was a long time ago, but, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Anyway, uh, so, you know. So, Pigs are tough. Anyway. Something I've learned about pigs. Yeah, they they in there buddy hog hunting all the time with dogs. And there's been a couple times where, or, or you know, working dogs in a pen, 
where you literally got to back your, you got to get your back against something. And I would just kick at this pig repeatedly till he'd run off. But they would always come back. I mean, just they don't give yep. up. They just don't There's have no give up any in quit in them. That's right. You're absolutely right. No, and if you ain't got something to get up, you better you better ready, you better be ready to fight. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, yeah, you know something crazy, and y'all, y'all can go Google this. Uh, this is totally bizarre, but um, you can go Google um, uh, hog. You know, fatal hog attack in uh, Chambers County, Texas. I live in Chambers County, and this was just last year in 2021. There was a a um, a housekeeper or a uh, I think she may have been a uh, caretaker. So she was killed by by wild hogs just last year and right here in Chambers County, a couple miles from where Holy I live. Holy crap. Knew, what happened? Yeah, we knew. Uh, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's literally like, I don't even know. Maybe this isn't, I don't even know how they come up with this average, but it's like two or three cases a year in the U.S. That a hog kills somebody? That, that, they don't. Yeah, yeah, no crap. So it is extremely rare, but it does happen. Well, and I, I mean, I know of people who've been hooked and cut and you know stomped on pretty bad by a hog. I know there was a guy at Fort Hood, um, not Fort Hood, Fort Polk, Hunter. Um, it's been twenty twenty five years ago. He um got cornered up by a pig and they it, it stomped the crap, broke his ribs, freaking like peeled one of his ears off the side of his head. It stomped the crap out of him. Mm. Um, and that was, I don't know, it's been 20, 25 years ago now since that happened, but I remember that. I was stationed there when it happened. That's how I, I can believe it. it. Yeah. I can believe it. They're, uh, they're, they're just flat out mean, man. <laughs> they are. They're they they can animals. be, but the bad, the bad thing is I know, I know I find myself, I get lulled into really not being afraid of them because I hunt them. The most success I have hunting them is off the ground. And like yep. you said, Cliff, the story you you mentioned sounded perfectly familiar. When you jump them out of a, you know, a little bamboo thicket or something or off of a bottom, they, they kind of, they kind of confuse. As long as they don't know that it was you, as long as they don't know. As long as they don't know you did it. If they smell yeah, you, you, that's you a you different just, thing. Yeah. I, I've walked right in amongst them five yards and shot them and they just, I, I I get lulled into that, but uh, then that happened last year. It really kind of, really kind of brought me back to light. And I think, and I, I have been somewhat treated by one. It's been about ten or twelve years ago, but um, it it can happen. You need to, like you said, that question you asked yourself was probably a valid one, <laughs> whether that was going to be worth it or not. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'd have been somewhere that I thought no, I could have, right, you know, you nowadays were. in I'm, the meantime, yeah, I'm I'm a lot slower now, so I certainly probably wouldn't want to shoot him now. But you know, <laughs> hogs they they also and we'll sort of. I know we're getting sort of long and, and people are having to get off. Chris had to get off and Kalen's already had to get off. But, you know, um, on the hog thing, I think that's a whole topic for a whole another podcast, honest to God. Um, we could have another yeah. one about this whole damn thing because hogs are a real problem. But, I mean, honestly, if, if you know, if, if guys get together and like what we're going to try to do in, in the next month or two, you know, get together and, and go hang out and drink beer and shoot hogs, we're going to try to help Seth with his hog problem on his property. We're going to do our damnedest, you know, to help him out. But um, in the meantime, guys, I mean, I, I, I sort of hate to run on everybody, but it, it is, it's getting sort of time and, you know, um, everybody's getting tired. Everybody's got to go, you know, you, got, you all got wife. Everybody's got a wife and kids and family to go to go spend time with, too. So, uh, you know, Herb, you still there? I know you haven't been on a lot. Of course, you probably don't have a lot of hogs to talk about, but, you know. Yeah, I'm still here. 
Well, um, we appreciate you. I mean, don't 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 get discouraged because we talked about hogs this week. There'll be there'll oh, be plenty I, of times. I, I, I enjoy it, dude. <laughs> really, I do. We got them here. It just that they're them, so it's just really they've changed up our stuff. We can't hunt them unless we run across them hunting. Because yeah, well, they're going to wish private. they hadn't. I promise. The day's mm-hmm. going to come. They're going to wish they hadn't. Actually. Actually, they're um, once they did that and everything, because they were having people haul them um, all over the state. They were catching them in one part of the state and haul yeah, them because the so they can the chase them. Yeah, so they, they can put it. dogs on them and stuff, right? Yep, to, to hunt them and everything, because it was a big opportunity for a lot. A lot of people were trying to, you know, and all that. As soon as they stopped a lot of that, um, actually, I don't know how it's going anymore, but. They actually talking about the hog numbers kind of going down because they're capturing a lot of them and and dispatching them that way. So yeah, I'm hoping the program's working fairly well for them. Yeah, I hope because so too. You don't. You, I mean, <laughs> Seth. Seth is the Seth is the the subject matter expert as far as like hogs, but we've all got them. Ain't, ain't, there ain't no place in the southeast that, that they haven't touched us. You know. So anyway, um, guys. I mean, I appreciate you, man, dude. I. It's sort of weird. I don't really want to cut this conversation off, but I know that we're, you know, we've all got other things to do in our lives. So as much as I enjoy what we're doing, I mean, we got to have another conversation soon. Um, I w- obviously, we'll be back again next week and talk more. Um, I mean, I, anybody got anything before we go? Because I don't I mean, I don't want to cut, just cut you off and leave. Uh, anybody got anything before we go? Stay stealthy. Stay stealthy. Man, I love that. <laughs> that might be our new catchphrase. You never there you know. There go. Stay stealthy. Um, guys, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. If you, if you ain't baiting, you waiting. That is a, that's like Texas's motto right there, ain't it? <laughs> no, no, that's, 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 that's not exactly what I subscribe to, but that's Texas. That's Texas that. right there. I heard that. Guys, I appreciate y'all as always. Um, Hunter said it. Stay stealthy. We're out of here. Shit show.